0: Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission.
1: Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Lamont or visiting RadioLeMans.com.
0: The Michelin Le Mans Cup. On RS3. On RS3. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network.
2: The third round of the Michelin Le Mans Cup brings us back to the south of France. And we are about 50 kilometers east of Marseille in this spectacular landscape. Uh, formerly the high-tech te- high test track, although Porica always was. It's, it's, its. We look a forward to two 55-minute getting... races as part of the Road to Le Mans event during Le Mans Week, which, of course, is held in September in this rather peculiar year, and then later on in the season, a trip to Monza in Italy, and we'll end the year at Portimao in Portugal for the Michelin Le Mans Cup, where we'll head to the more staple two-hour races. This. Coined as the Le Castellet 120 Because we will be racing for 120 minutes And each of the LMP3s will be stopping twice The GT3 cars Just a single stop required for those However, there are extended pit stop times For the top five teams in the championship It is known as the pit stop handicap time And we'll run you through that uh, As per it being appropriate my name's Johnny Palmer. I'm joined by Bruce Jones for the next two hours. It's a busy old day here at Circuit Paul Ricard with both the ELMS uh, weekend and the Michelin Le Mans Cup races all crow- crowbarred into Saturday. So a late finish for ELMS into the darkness. This will be held though in full light. Question is, will the weather be on our side?
0: Well, the good news is, Johnny. It's coming our way it was raining uh, around breakfast time today it dried out then we've had little sprinkles of rain it made qualify. super interesting maybe too interesting uh, for the Michelin Le Mans Cup and the European Le Mans series runners but right now for the first time since yesterday when it was blue skies all around it's dry here or drying I would hes- hesitate to say the track is fully dry but it will be by the time the cars have done their their the inspection laps but the track is declared as wet rain lights must be on low mode so still changeable but uh When we get to the European Le Mans Series race tonight, it's uh, fully expected to be raining at the start and then possibly all the way through from 6.30 to 10.30. But right now, these drivers will be going, thank you. We have a consistent weather condition, consistent tracking conditions, at least for the start, but the visibility far better than it has been at any point here on race Saturday, a solid day of qualifying and racing. It really is quick fire. And uh, right now for the drivers, anybody who got it wrong in qualifying, they'll be just trying to settle down again but uh, track conditions look good.
2: Yeah, there was a risk that this race may have to be delayed, the start time delayed, because of uh, a very stop-start ELFS qualifying. There was a red flag in the GTE session for those cars and then in the LMP2s. Put us about an hour behind proceedings by the end of it, but we are due to start this race as per the scheduled time, two o'clock, and it will be 120 minutes, so we'll be racing through till four, and then two and a half hours later the European Le Mans series race will take place. A shout to Maury Pentanen, who has managed to bag a a very late pole position and his first of the season. Uh, The 40-year-old Finn, bronze graded and has taken part in a number of endurance races in the past, not least the 24 hours around the Nürburgring, the Dubai 24 hours as well. Raced in Asian Le Mans uh, with Graf in the 2019-2020 season. But this is his first year in the Michelin Le Mans Cup and uh, a podium result already to his name. This will be the first pole position, though. And in the team's championship for uh, GT3, Iron Links lead it on 77 from uh, Kessel Racing on their 44 points. It's narrow, actually the second and third, with the third-place car only on 42. Uh, With that, though, also carries the pit stop handicap time as well, and that's the championship leader, car number eight. More news on that in just a second, actually. Uh, Has to soak up a, a further 21 seconds during the pit stop, which was already 150 seconds. And there are other cars in the top five that also have extended stops, like the 67 Kessel Racing Ferrari, that's got an extra 11 seconds to serve. The 50 Kessel Racing Ferrari, an extra seven seconds. The other Kessel Racing Ferrari, number 74, an extra four. And Iron Links finally, car 77. Two further seconds for the Claudius Giovanni and Matt Griffin car. But the starting grid was only issued 10 minutes or so ago by Alcamel, the timing uh, timekeepers here. And the number eight car, Ferrari, is at the back of the grid, Reno Mastronardi. We thought earlier on he had set another pole position. Even chatted to Reno Mastronardi, did Haley? However, after the session, the car failed scrutineering because of a rear diffuser problem. Now, whether that was because of a the rear diffuser not being at the required height, possibly so, because there's normally a device that needs to be put underneath the diffuser as a ground clearance thing, ride height, uh, or whether some part of that was broken just not to the required homologation anyway uh, it's almost as if that car didn't take part in qualifying it's given no time whatsoever and Reno Mastronardi will have to start from the back I actually don't think that will affect them hugely because they're still going to be highly competitive in the race Bruce
0: yeah exactly so I mean it's a race within a race if you will six cars in the GTE class so he's lost five positions and uh, we'll see how he goes and he's the uh, just double checking, is Re- Reno starting that or Nicholas Nielsen? That driver pairing is super strong. Reno down on the starting grid. Okay, yeah, Reno to start Tee that at the back. Well, expect exciting opening laps, and for a lot of the drivers, their only driving today has been on a wet track and they were interrupted when it got to qualifying. So uh, they've got to just regather their thoughts. But I think for everyone out there, it's just the fact that there will be one sort of driving condition at the start of the race, and they can bed down. But of course we've got the six cars in the GTE. Duty 3 class cars and 18 in the P3 class, so they're going to be having the battling at the front of the grid. Nicolas Lapierre, passing yeah, yeah. a little more information to the Cool Racing squad. That's Christophe. Uh, sorry, he's in V2S. It's Nicolas Molini, and of course, uh, Nicolas and his teenage teammate Kaha, had that really, really great result, victory at Spa last yes. time out. So his advice is clearly being heeded. Yeah,
2: absolutely right, and uh, uh, Lapierre. Um, he is very much involved with that cool racing squad now i think he's become a shareholder or business partner and um yeah it's his responsibility to pass on advice maybe as to how the track is losing its grip because he was out in the earlier session he may know where the damp patches are forming today And where to take it easy, sensible thing, obviously, when the rain does fall, if it falls, it's to stay off those curbs and stay off the white lines.
0: Exactly what I was going to chip in with, because though the track may look dry, famously racing curbs, the paint on them and the the serrations on them just retain the water. Across the decades, heard so many drivers warned about that, and there's always one (laughs) out over the curbs and beyond.
2: Well, you can have the discussion pre-race, but then there's so much that kind of takes over... Uh, the adrenaline starts pumping, and uh, so a lot of that can that uh, sort of peripheral information can be forgotten or not not necessarily retained. So, always good to just throw that into the driver's cockpit late in the piece. Cars back on pit road now, so they have had some sort of exploratory lap but return to the pits rather than to a dummy grid, which I was expecting.
0: Well, we're seeing slick tyres on them. I don't know if they all went out on slicks or if some went out on intermediates and come back and said, you know what, it's good, good for slicks. But certainly uh, looking uh, through the wheel arches, that the gaps at the top, cool racing, appear to be on slicks, they're number 69 and uh, we'll have have an eye on the others as they go up and uh, down the pit lane but uh, this race due to start at the top of the hour that's just over 11 minutes away from now so pit lane will be closing relatively soon so it'll be back on the deck on whatever rubber you're on that's what you're running but right now the pit lane at a standstill but uh, people starting to assemble on the grid
3: we are opening pit exit in two minutes under two minutes to allow LMP3s on track under two minutes to allow LMP3 cars on track
2: there is the confirmation then. And uh, uh, Iron Links are uh, well-placed in the championship with a 19-point lead over the 67 Kessel Racing crew. Kessel actually have cars second, third and fourth in the title hunt. And in LMP3, DK Engineering come here again, leading a Michelin Le Mans Cup campaign. They're no stranger in doing that, having won the championship in 2019, 2018 20, 20, 20, and 2017, You may remember that in 2016 it was just known as the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. However, LMP3s did join the party at Le Mans, and that was judged to go so well, the very next season LMP3s were included as well. LMP3s may head
3: to pit exit. We are are at one minute to open pit exit for LMP3s. Under one minute to open pit exit for LMP3s. LMP3s may head to pit exit if they want.
2: The difference is uh, your Le Mans entry for next year 2021 uh, only available via the GT3 category so if you're champions in GT3 that's an automatic entry for the following years Le Mans that can't be said for LMP3 but kind of what it does do is set you up nicely if you wanted to do a European Le Mans series campaign in the baby prototypes the following season 30
3: seconds to open pit exit for LMP3 cars
2: And often we've seen a team in Michelin Le Mans Cup first of all, then work their way into LMP3 in ELMS, and eventually into LMP2 in ELMS. So there's a definite ladder system in place, and a great chance to uh, just get used to this type of racing from a driver's perspective, but also when you're managing a team.
3: Six, five, four, three, two, one. LMP3 is on track. LMP3 is on track. Signal and the CD
2: Sport number no. 5 car bursts into life. These new Orica-prepared Nissan engines do sound great. They're 5.6-litre V8s these days, rather than the 5-litre Nissan, the older engine, that was utilized last season and for three seasons prior to that. The difficulty, though, is that it's a new engine, and it rather uses the fuel more than Orica were expected. Uh, expecting. They were running them on... Uh, Dinos obviously, for race simulations, no indication at all that they would be running out of fuel much earlier than is reality. And told to rectify that problem in time for Spa, which was round two, that wasn't possible. We're now here at Ricard and still no solution can be found.
3: So an extra stop
2: is going to be weaved into this race and that will be the case for the rest of the year.
3: Four, three, two, one. GT3 cars may go to the track now. GT3 cars may go on track now.
2: And all six cars then will be released from the pit lane, including the new pole sitter. and The point going instead off to the number eight to the 74 Kessel Racing car of Michal Bronzewski and David Perel. Good to have the PZ Obera... Zürich say by TFT Porsche back just caught a glimpse of the 911 GT3R there leaving the pit lane with Niki Leutwiler strapped in for the opening stint got Julian Lauer to hand that car over to there's also been an adjustment to the driving time uh, since last season used to be that the minimum drive time for either driver was 55 minutes that's been shortened to 5-0 minutes so probably with, I think, across the board, bronzes put in for the opening stint in all 24 cars. They'll all be pitting after 50, 51, 52 minutes, the earliest opportunity to get their quicker drivers in. And there's also, there was an extra bulletin released regarding the two stops that the LMP3s will have to make. The first stop of the two cannot be made before the hour mark and the second stop of the two has to be done after 100 minutes. What it doesn't say, as far as I can tell, is which is which stop. So, basically, you're not allowed to... Uh, sorry, beg pardon. At the latest, the first stop can be an hour. So, basically, in the first hour, and then you get 50 minutes to make your next stop. I think I'm right in saying, yeah. So, uh, it's, uh, the, the, the shorter stop, which is 40 seconds from pit in to pit out, it's literally a splash, and that's all that this new engine requires to get to the finish, to provide that insurance policy. It doesn't provide you any movement as far as maybe doing a driver change at the same time, because it has to be fuel only from for that 40-second stop, and we discovered that... Uh, at Paul Ricard in the opening round when we wondered whether United were weaving in just that extra bit of a plan to do a driver change at um, about an hour and 15 minutes to get Andy Merrick back in the car they couldn't do that in the end and they needed to stop that car again for a third non-mandatory stop the very next lap in order to do their driver change keeps everybody guessing but I think this latest bulletin probably takes more strategy away from the teams rather than weaving more in There's the 24 of United Autosports taking up its position. And car 24 will be towards the rear, sixth place, rather, and the 23 further down in 16th position to be started by Daniel Schneider with Andy Merrick to take over. So that's the very car I was talking about. And everybody. Should know roughly where they they need to be because uh, local marshals with grid boards telling you whether you're at row five, row six, row seven. The difficulty is if you're arriving relatively late on the scene, you've got to thread your way through mechanics who are already on the scene there looking after their cars. Motorsport 98 taking up its position in ninth position as well
0: a car really worth watching is that Reno Nast- Mastronardi Ferrari starting stone last, he's got five class rivals behind, ahead of him rather than behind after the mis- the mishap, whatever was wrong with the rear diffuser but expect some uh, fireworks from the Italian on the opening lap of the race and his, uh, his teammate for this weekend, Nicholas Nielsen Taken over both Andrea and Giacomo Puccini. Giacomo normally shares with uh, Reno and uh, Andrea with Claudio Schiavone, but uh, family reasons have kept them away. So uh, Nicholas Nielsen joining Reno Mastronardi and Matt Griffin double duties this weekend. He's also racing in the European Le Mans series, he's sharing with Claudio Schiavone so they will get their stint in the second part of this two-hour race 32nd board being showed the grid now being cleared so it's rory penton on pole position and don't forget he spent almost all of his uh relatively brief career racing gt stepping into prototypes is um you know relatively new ground for him but that pole lap in very tricky conditions this morning uh you know another good marker in his career johnny
2: yeah Yeah, so I've I've now reread that bulletin, I I didn't put it uh, brilliantly clearly. They've got a pit stop to do for 150 seconds, that has to be done in the opening hour, and then your 40-second stop must be done in the final 20 minutes. That's an easier way to put it. So, so yes, that really does take a bit of strategy out of there, because different teams will take in their splash and dash, at different points during that final hour some were choosing to do it early but you've really got little choice now but to do it late in the final 20 minutes of this two hour race. A reminder of the grid Rory in with the first pole position for Graf alongside Nicola Morlini sharing with Edward Carhart, they won last time out at Spa. DKR engineering championship leaders Jean Gloria to start the three on the inside of Mooma Motorsport and a good qualifying from Moritz Kranz and then it's Rinaldi racing Alexander Matchall alongside Daniel Schneider for United. Nielsen will start seventh with Rob Hodes and Maurice Smith in the other cool racing car from eighth place on the fifth row will be motorsport 98 for Eric Dodonka and Nielsen Racing's Tony Wells the sixth row it's CD Sport of Spain with Michael Jensen alongside Christoph Krebs for MV2S 13th and 14th racing experience at Luxembourg, Yuri Wagner during David Hauser again he'll come later, Steve Parrow in the Rinaldi racing car, big crash for Steve here earlier on in the year Team Virage and Steve Brooks in inverted commas will start on the inside of row 8 alongside John Schauman for United Autosports, it'll be CD Sports Joffrey Donada to start car 6 alongside Edex Sports Stefan Adler and then we're into the GT3 part of the grid Kessel Racing from pole position inheriting that after a post scrutineering post-race decision about the rear diffuser for the number 8 championship leading car it will start from the back of the field with no time. Reno Mastronardi sharing with Niklas Nielsen. Also, remember, they've got 21 extra seconds, additional to the 150, to serve during their pit stop at about half distance. But the front row in GT3 has a Ferrari and a Porsche there. Broniszewski and Leutwieler raring to go from 19th and 20th positions. Claudius Schiavone with a fixed 77 Ferrari alongside Murad Soltanov, the Russian, for Kessel Racing. And now a two-by-two grid starts to take shape. In a moment or two, the pace car, the Audi, will peel off into pit lane at turn number 13. And it'll be left to Rory Pentanen to judge the pace and not go too early. Generally speaking, we'll get a message on the screen to say that the race start is under investigation right after it's happened. And that's not to suggest something's wrong with it. they just check that everyone is in the correct order and nobody started to overtake before the start line. Start line is in a different position from the finish line here at Recar just to ensure that as many cars as possible can be on start, finish and in view of the lights before 120 minutes starts to tick by. No rain, as far as I can tell, for the start of the race, although there's plenty of cloud cover, so the headlights are on for all the cars and now they pour their way out of Firage Dupont for round three of the Michelin Le Mans Cup, 18 LMP2s six GT3s at the back what can Rino Mastronati do? He's been put to the back of the grid, we're underway with the third race of the season, it's been a good getaway for both Rory Penton and Nicola Molini Molini's going to try and go around the outside here to swoop into the race lead, he can't do it, a side-to-side contact in fact and Molini goes straight over the around the runoff, he's going to take the lead by doing that, surely he'll have to give that one up again, another car ran wide as well, which may well have been Maurice Smith in the other cool racing car everybody else in the background I think has just about survived but uh, yes, Molini, uh, unconventional way of taking the race lead there Bruce
0: Jones. Yeah, I, th- I think it was um, Gilles Magnus going wide, sorry Maurice Krantz, is it? yes, the Monza Motorport blue-white car going wide, but had no other choice when the field was splintering in front of him, but uh, good to see the track is properly dry. Good to see it. it's a remarkably tidy start. But again, up that back straight, they're going, I need tire temperature. I had it, I didn't have it at all. Still weaving on the back straight, just trying to get a bit more heat because they know the next corner really requires it. Seen it's been a wet day at Paul Ricard, it's dry now, but uh, the consequences of going wide, we know if they go over the curbing, it uh, will have you sliding away, and particularly at Turn 8, seen, we've seen a lot of that, but race leader really, really pacing it very well indeed, and John gloria dropping back a little bit in third place. And a movement for fourth position there. Maurice Smith, rather, uh, uh,
2: Maurice Kratz, I should say, being overtaken by uh, the DKR engineering car. John gloria then started third. He uh, trumbled to fourth and has gained that place back again. Meanwhile, very busy at the sharp end of the order that i think was molini giving the race lead back again to rory penton because the graph the cool racing car rather is back down to second place and i think maybe the team got quickly onto the radio regarding molini's position said you took that when you're off the track so just give it back when you still have the opportunity to
0: and there's an hour and 58 minutes to Attempt to reverse their positions once more. Well, also, they were quite fortunate that the battle for third place was a little bit further back, gave them the scope to hand back the lead and not lose it to those behind as well. So, uh, very well done indeed. So, Rory Penton leads the end of the opening. at Nicola Molini, just seven tenths of a second in arrears, Swiss driver chasing hard. But now, Jean Glorieux has got his tail up from fourth to third. He goes and third to second is the move he is looking for down in GT3, it's Kessel Racing, Michel Bronacheski leading the red and white Ferrari, number 74, but being pushed hard by Iron Links by Yes, you've got it, Reno Mastronardi up from sixth in class to second. That's a good opener. Yeah, didn't take him long, did it? And he's
2: almost level with the race lead into turn three, four and five they go, and through into the lead goes Reno Mastronardi. So from the back of the field to the sharp end of GT3 and almost tripping over some LMP3s as they turn in at turn five there. Meantime, Rory Pentanen stretching his legs a little bit, 0.9 of a second. Porsche overtaking Ferrari is John Hartzorn now tumbling to the rear of GT3 and Nicky Vila gaining the place not sure what happened to Leutweiler in the opening stages he started on the front row of GT3 found himself at the back and that's one place
0: that he proved upon fleetingly there was a, a waved yellow at turn uh, 9 on the opening lap so I think he possibly uh, went a little bit wide there but managed to rejoin but uh, certainly whenever we've seen Vila in that car he's been very handy and I'm quite excited about the prospect of Julian Andlauer taking that over in the second Parts of his two-hour race, but right now very, very tidy at the front. Rory Penton and starting to stretch his legs. He was three quarters of a second to the good, but we had that change for second place. Jean Gloria has got past Nicola Molini. And sorry, no, he hasn't. Sorry, he's been pushed by Boris Krantz. So I just misidentified them. It's still DKI engineering orange and black ahead of blue and white blue and white very much the sort of colour of choice <laughs> for the front running cars three of the front four with blue and white yes it is in and fact five of the f- top six now we look at the rest coming through the corner <laughs> the
2: top four definitely breaking away so Morris Smith with the most amount of work to do as one of the CD Sport cars runs wide on the exit of the final corner is it the MV2S Escort? now it's got yeah, a replacement English, for actually losing a place to Eric de Yes, because mm. Donada leads Hodes. That's for 10th place. Rob Hodes, 11th. Christophe Cresp in the MV2S car is in that queue and has that sort of half one colour, half another colour on the nose. So I can see why at the confusion. Porsche darting at the inside of the number 77 Ferrari. So that'll give Lloyd Wheeler another place. Claudio Schiavone was the car being overtaken there. And that's. Uh, yeah, good movement for the PZ-Obera
0: Zurich, say, by TFT car. You do need about a quarter of a lap to say that you team do name, rather, don't yes. you? I like to I think of it as TFT, TFT racing. But out, out front, Rory Penton and was... Uh, 0.7 of a second clear at the end of the opening That 0.8 of a second clear but now he's 1.1 seconds clear going down to 0.9 as they get to the end of the Mistral straight but he's just trying to make that buffer Nicola molini has got half a second to the good over Jean-Gloria but I think Gloria is going to close in on him and the major place changing in the P3 class is down towards the midfield and it's looking very lively indeed car 27 gains another position that's uh, Christoph Kress for MV2S Racing He's picked his way to the front of that gaggle, may be able to start progressing. That still only takes him up to just outside the top 10, though.
2: Arcing their way through turns 9 and 10, and then the tricky 11, which is tighter than it looks, leads to a a section of track which opens up, which is Garlabaat, the right-hander, and then Viraj Lac, the left-hander, Viraj Dupont, the right-hander, to bring them back onto the main straight the top four sweep across the line. Three laps done. Mm-hmm. Rory Pentan, Nicola Molini, John yeah. gloria and Moritz Krantz. First, second, third and fourth. It's about a second now between Penton and Molini. Same again, back to Gloria. But he's in turn under pressure from Moritz Kranz as it's nose to tail between the two Ferraris. Rino Mastronardi in number eight ahead of Michel Bronzewski in 74.
0: That's the GT3 lead and very much the two highest place in the championship. Yeah, and they've got one of the P3 cars behind them. That's Stefan Adler in the Edex Sports. Uh, Ligier, so again, going well at certain points in the circuit. When you get the GT cars alongside the P3, their performance is very, very different. And talking about that top four, Johnny, in qualifying, they were covered by... Um really very little time a quarter of a second or thereabouts and then there was almost another second back to to fifth place so it is true to that form you've got the the first four pulling clear and a gap back to maurice smith of some four seconds or thereabouts as they started this lap and uh, that is shown as the field goes up to scene for the fourth time because uh, the blue and white cars the three of them the orange and black car almost the, the jam in the sandwich there that's uh, Jean-Gloria hanging on into that third place but Morris Krantz looks quicker but he just can't find a way past at the moment. No,
2: not at this stage Molini putting in a very good first sector on this lap so he's trying to pressurise the race leader Yuri Pentinen and they have started to pair off a little bit first versus second, third versus fourth, Maurice Smith in turn under a little pressure as well from Tony Wells and Alexander Matt not as close as he would like to that fight for fifth and sixth. More place changing though in GT three with Murad Soltanov losing a place to Niki Loitvila, who's steadily gaining the places he lost in the opening couple of laps, well opening lap really for the Porsche.
0: Yeah, and in fact his lap times uh, more than matching the pace of the two cars leading leading the class. So he's the quickest driver in GT in the GT class, but unfortunately what was a, a scrappy opening that as Morris Krantz bounces over the curve? has got cl- too close to the tail of Jean Glorier as they drop down the slope. Coming out of turn two, ran a little wide. Dabby's got to do it all over again. Two through three, four, and five. He closes right on the tail of Glorier, but Glorier's got it covered. But that was a big twitchy moment there for Morris Krantz, just a little too deep into turn two, and it got very, very bouncy indeed. And as these two squabble, it means that the Ligiers, uh, the JSP320s that
2: lead and are second, uh, are just eking out that little bit of a gap. So, favoring the, Le- the Ligier chassis, it would seem, but I think it's only because the Duquesnes are scrapping amongst themselves for the bottom step of the podium in these early stages. And um, Horst Kranz, can he get by and maybe start to bridge the gap? Nothing between the two Ferraris. Michel Bronzewski has taken a bit of time to get up to speed with Reno Mastronati I was surprised how easily the pole allowed the number eight car through into turn three but now hasn't given Mastronati a moment's peace since
0: then no I don't know if it was a if it was a slight mistake from Bonocheschi but certainly looked very easy for Reno Mastronati they're trying to hang on the tail but uh, you don't catch a P3 car down the back straight so having got past them Stefan Adler's now got to set off up the track see if he can catch Steve Parrow for everyone else it's uh, just looking at the lap times they're, they're all good, I wouldn't say it's still a fully, fully dry track, I think it's as close as oh, Morris Marantz. Kranz up the inside into the final corner, that can be quite messy here at Paul Ricard, it will still be Gloria in front in third place, but uh, as we saw back in the middle of July, there were incidents out of that final corner, Yes. and 2 by 2 isn't one that really works
2: No, unless you can be fully committed on the brakes and come from a long way back through 13, it, it requires an unconventional line through the penultimate corner and then launching one up the inside of Virage DuPont, and the you're overtaking, needs to be fully aware that it's about to happen. Kratz nibbling away at maybe getting an overlap on Jean Glurian, and he goes to the outside. If he can keep it there, that'll give him the inside, but he can't. And uh, he takes to the runoff and will surely give way to Jean-Gloriot and spin it. Oh, no. That's a real shame because clearly Moritz Kratz has got good speed and was attacking the Belgium to try and get through. And he's gone off the track and rejoins in sixth position with very dirty
0: Michelin tyres. They'll take several corners to scrub up to the condition they were. That was really attacking driving. Got alongside into the final corner. Had a little look in turn one. Ran while at turn two. Was prepared to attack at they were coming down through the sweepers at turns three, four, and five. Um, Moritz Krantz was just—it pre- was like he prepared to take more out of his tyres. Was pushing, 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 but put himself on the outside at turn three. That redefines diminishing returns. Great little scrap, though. It was. I wonder whether there was some contact actually as they just hit the apex
2: at turn 14, and then the second attempt from Moritz Krantz was to
0: go to the outside how that will be read by those in race control from Jean Glorieux meanwhile, talking of race control team manager of the driver in second place Nicola Molini to race control not not sometime in the future, immediately please so don't know what that's about well of course I can have a guess, took the lead of the race and uh, rejoined the circuit but then ceded that lead, one has to presume that when he let Rory Penton back in front having run off the circuit out of between turn one and turn two to take the lead that uh, he handed it back but maybe there was something in the procedure we'll wait and find out but uh, race team chiefs do need their running shoes on they do lose no time when going to see race control it really depends on uh, which end of the pit lane you are it's either a short walk or uh, yeah, you have
2: to uh, go from one building to another because it's a split pit here at Corvica with the in and out back to the paddock route separating the two Rinaldi Racing running in uh, 17th position. Steve Parrow doing the defending on Stefan Adler, and Adler had been uh, caught up in the GT3 traffic initially, but the greater straight-line speed from his P3 now means he is sufficiently ahead of Rino Mastromani. It's about a couple of seconds. Also, the fight is on for fifth place between Tony Wells and a recovering Moritz Krantz. He lost the car out of turn five not too long ago, having been sort of forced there by Jean-Gloriot. It's taken a while to clean the tyres, but he's now right on the back of um, the Tony
0: Wells driven car from Nielsen Racing. Let's so hope desperation doesn't start to colour his point of view. He certainly uh, gave it a real lick, Moritz Kratz. Didn't manage to get past Coria. Another person who's got to ra- go to the race control is team manager of car number 11. And just to let you know who that is, it's um, racing experience. It's Yuri Wagner. My guess there is Yuri. I saw at the back of the P3 pack Jink to my eye I'm fairly sure it was his car jinked off the circuit on the start on the run down the start line and uh, maybe to just maybe made a good start maybe he jumped the start but certainly I saw a car that was largely red and black as is his racing experience car uh, at the side of the circuit at the start but then we will wait for further confirmation but suddenly the the door will be a swing door at race control because people going in and out match for Schneider Joffrey Donada for
2: CD Sport just out of view but focusing understandably on this fight between Tony Wells and Moritz Krantz it is an all Duquesne M30 affair as well with the Ligier of Morris Smith just uh, what, four or five car lengths further up the road so the possibility for these two Duquesnes to improve maybe into the top four but there is a gap emerging now between Nicola Molini and John gloria Gloria's got about five seconds to find on
0: effectively the top two because Pentanon and Molini circulating with a second between them. Yeah, Gloria just didn't seem to have the pace in the, in the best of the Duquesnes to live with the Ligiers at the front. Certainly he was troubled being pushed really hard by Moritz Krantz don't know if it took a bit of life out of his tyres, but Rory Penton and Nicola Molini in this early stage of the race, they have the pace, and in fact, the gap from first to second is one and a quarter seconds, second to third is, is over five seconds, so that lead duo pulling ever further clear, and the driver who could be with them, but for that error, is Moritz Krantz, and he's still stuck behind Tony Wells, getting a little bit closer up the Mistral Straight. he's got Alexander Machl, the black, yellow and bright green Duquesne, from Rinaldi Racing, new to prototype racing this year. He's getting in the mix. He'll be watching and learning as they get up the Mistral. Past the fabulous building that houses an amazing collection of cars, halfway up the straight, and then to Scene at the top. And uh, the car leading into that group is Morris Smith, fourth place for Cool Racing. And the move about to be made into Double Dwight, very nicely done for Morris Cracks, and it must be said that Tony Wells realised he was beaten, was slightly compromised there, Johnny, up into Scene and uh, backed out of it, the, let the move happen.
2: Yeah, Moritz Krantz, 33 years old, from Whitliff in Germany. Uh, second season in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. This has been a good drive from him so far. And I think, well, we have yet to have a message on the screen to suggest that the incident involving him and Jean-Glurier will look back at again. And Maybe the Belgian was fighting his territory perfectly within his rights, but it meant that to Moritz Krantz, the car that will be handed over to Gilles Magnus in due course, is somewhat behind the eight ball but a good little move there darting at the inside into the double at turn
0: nine uh, to get one of those places lost back again yeah certainly certainly there was a a little twitch there from uh, Tony Wells had to come off the power a little bit and I think just with the great momentum Moritz Grant swept by so his next target is now Maurice Smith he's just under half a second down on him at the start of this lap. great little battle for eighth position number 24 United Autosports Daniel Snyder and Joffrey Donada tucked in behind with that uh, distinctive black front wing and white right wing on the other side down through turns three, four and five well we know there's not much space down there we saw Moritz Kratz confirming that when he tried to get third place from Jean-Gloria it didn't work but you've got to be patient and it's all about coming out of this corner turn six and a wonderful sweep through turn seven if you can get the power down early you can carry it up the straight but in fact in that little battle Daniel Schneider did a better job than Geoffrey Donada and make ground, he
2: started, or in the early stages he was 11th, two more places gained now, as uh, here comes Moritz Kratz to not only make uh, one position, but possibly two before the end of the lap, because at the inside of Moritz Smith he goes at senior corner, that's full commitment, and bags fifth place as a fourth place, rather, as a result. So Krantz now ahead of the second of the cool racing cars, Nicola Bolini uh, a long way up the road in second position, Morris Smith had no answer to that and Tony Wells might
0: think my fancy bit of that as well maybe Senior Corner the best place to do it may well be don't forget the first four qualifiers including Morris Krantz were the pick of the field they were covered by about 0.26 of a second in qualifying qualifying very very quick fire don't forget only a 15 minute session but when it comes to race that pace seems true because Morris Krantz having fallen from uh, fighting for third place back to sixth he's now back up to fourth but he's got uh, ooh, a big tidy gap seven and a half seconds to close on Jean-Gloria He takes some of it because his pace is really strong but that's going to be a big ask but at least he's getting back towards the podium positions two cars now attacking oh and a spear in the background
2: for the Rinaldi racing car nearly cleaned out Tony Wells in the process that was Alexander Matchell misjudging his braking point the 37s issue was actually a jump start second place car is going to have to do a drive-through because it was judged to be out of position what happened to Matchell hit the brakes as he did a lap ago and the thing just spun around with no warning whatsoever briefly cut out as well because he lost the headlights then it fired back into life now 37 should be behind Rory Penton and it was
0: ahead at the start line that's pretty clear cut Bruce that's what we call basic a rolling start you're in second position your nose has to be behind he was about a third of a car length to the good or to the bad so yep. it proved but uh, again that moment for Alexander Matchell I think he got a little bit too close to Tony Wells going into turn one and just panicked but anyhow, great, you know, you tried spinning a P3 car between a couple of cones, did it? Beautifully. <laughs> True enough, yes. Uh, autocross maybe his future, Alexander Matchell.
2: Maybe it was the dirty air, though, as well. Could Got t- close to the back of Tony Wells' car. All of a sudden, the airflow's completely different across your car. And didn't have the rear traction as of from a long way back the CD Sport car goes for a move on number 24 Daniel Schneider and that's Joffrey Donada who's been following Schneider for the last few laps and obviously picked that place as a weak point maybe for Schneider, the Brazilian and Joffrey Donada wasting no time there to get eighth position plenty of overtaking going on, some attempted and not quite coming off meanwhile Michel Broniszewski versus Nicolo, Nico Leutwieler Nikki Lokwila in the TFT Porsche has been spending much of this early race gathering positions lost initially
0: yeah well the fact he's onto the tail of Bronichewski don't forget Bronichewski he's three and a half seconds down Arena Mastronardi but I think he's been really impressive from Lokwila didn't see why he had a moment towards the end of that opening lap but uh, he's hunted this, this lot down and uh, don't forget he was on the front row of the imaginary grid for the GT class cars but uh, great to have a Porsche in the mix looks fabulous performance benefits come at different points on the circuit to Broniszewski but Broniszewski's been racing Ferraris for a good half dozen years now and uh, you know he's got a really really strong handle on them but he's been made to work very hard it must be said the race leader in the GT class Reno Mastronardi started last the fact he's hanging on to the tail of Steve Parrow and Stefan Adler in their P3 cars is massive accolade to Mastronardi no it certainly
2: is and now some more pressure from Joffrey de on a recovering Alexander Matchell that dramatic spin at Turn 1 has put the Ronaldi Racing number 55 Duquesne behind time, Joffrey uh, Denada in his Ligier, looking for an opportunity, well, some have chosen Senior as a good place to get
0: by could be close enough by the end of the Mistral straight. we well, wait and see another person in problem, in trouble we knew that uh, the team manager of car number 11 had to go to race control, that was racing experience and Yuri Wagner did do what I thought, I saw him jinking out off the starting grid he's being pinged for a jump start and actually while you're here team manager let's do him for overtaking beyond the track limits probably actually the same move jink off the circuit overtake you're definitely outside the right line yeah but donada really really troubling alexander matchup matchup again just moved across from gt cars after years of doing that in europe and in asia but settling in what little glitch in that that run I think he's making a really good fist of it for Rinaldi Racing and Rinaldi Racing as a team as well new to prototype racing so they're learning as they go but Geoffrey Donada it's been a really strong run for, for him and he's getting very close indeed as he tries to take that 7th position from Matchell, but for now the CD Sport car well, he's going to have to wait a lap longer but someone not waiting a lap looking a lap longer is uh, Lloyd Vila out of mm. double, double draft and he's moved up to second place in the GT class yeah great overtake that and did uh, his time, picked the opportunity threw it to second
2: Geoffrey de may be the only exception in the sense that he's uh, not a bronze to start the race so they've still they installed their silver rated driver at CD Sport and it's making quick work of uh, some overtakes early on Jacques Wolfe the bronze still to come as again, Donata had a little think about a move on the inside of turn five, the end of that sequence of right and left and right corners in quick succession through the kink onto the mestra And again, it's all about getting a good run and a toe
0: potentially for the CD Sport car. Well, he looked better over the curbs, he, he had a bit more speed coming as he turned into turn seven, carried it through the corner. He's now, what, half a car length, the car length down on. But really picking up a fantastic toe from Matzull. But towards the end of the straight, then Maxwell should be having, having the orange and white and black car closer. But it isn't this time. He's he somehow managed to eke out. Well, a We're not talking a lot. <laughs> no,
2: this is the, the, part of the track that
0: Joffrey Dunarder really does favour.
2: Came from a long way back for an overtake into the right-hander at nine a moment or two ago. Can't make it work though no on Matzull there. There are two slow-speed corners coming up before the end of the net, and Donnada just selling that seed of doubt with a very unusual line to head now into gala back. He's within touching distance of that radically liveried Rinaldi racing car number 55. Still, nothing between them. Will he come from a long way back here, maybe? No, thought about it, but uh, I think he
0: stood to lose far more than he might have gained there. Well, a the person who's really enjoying the battle is Daniel Schneider. He, Schneider, he lost his battles to Donada, but now he's watching exactly the moves that were put on him being put on Matchell. Matchell holding on. One thing I just want to point out last time around um, fastest lap of anybody was Moritz Krantz. Cool racing, Nicola Molini, of course, he just dropped out of third place. He's come in to serve that drive-through penalty. So Jean-Gloria up into second place, but he's 11 seconds down on Rory Penton. And Penton just banged in the fastest first sector of anybody. But Maurice Krantz, he's just bear in mind, 2.5 seconds, 2.7 seconds down on Gloria. Not so long ago, that was nearly five seconds. So Krantz has got his tail right up. He's going to be catching Gloria within two laps, I reckon.
2: Also in for a stop, I noticed, the racing experience car of Yuri Wagner.
0: And can't easily explain that one. I can, because that was the jump start oh, yes. as well. That was the second car that got pinged for a jump start. So. Yep. Perfect, fine, thank you. Uh, so, 23 seconds a
2: drive-through here at Ricard. Looking for about the same for the racing experience car. It is exactly that. So, affects them, but not hugely across a two-hour race. But you need to obviously penalise uh, any advantage that might be scored from the get go, you have to be in order from the qualification earlier on in the day. CD Sportcar fainting to the inside at turn nine again, still attacking Alexander Matchell, who's keeping his elbows out very nicely the uh, Ligier of Joffrey Donada clatters the curb there. Needing to be careful because at close quarters behind now is Daniel
0: Schneider for United Autosports. Well, it was a mistake there from Dinada. He's now not on the turn of Alexander Matcher. He ran too deep into the corner and was pushing wide. And D- Daniel Schneider's been watching him for a number of laps. He won't be happy that he was passed, but uh, Dinada. It was easy at passing him. It's a wonder if Denada, who's been pushing so hard. has been, as you say, robbed the piggy bank, the bank of tyre life. have seen it happen many times before. You
2: push like crazy, get the performance. But then that really does mean you've not a lot of Michelin tyre to lean on. Latterly in your stint Let's see how that one unfolds But if uh, Donada's pace drops off now Probably a likely explanation Almost at the end of the first half an hour And now a recovering Nicola Molini fresh from his drive-through Finds himself on the gearbox of Tony Wells This is the battle for fifth and sixth therefore But Molini looking much quicker than the man
0: from Middlesbrough don't forget, he's passed him before, and I'm sure he's going to pass him again because sir, plenty of speed from Molini for Cool Racing. Winner last time out at Spa-Fankershaw. He'll be frustrated with what's happened, but he was the driver that stuck the nose of his car in front of Rory Penton and the pole man on the run-down, the rolling start down to that start line. Elementary mistake, unfortunately, but the pace to get back towards the podium is definitely within his hands. So Cool Racing about to gain another position. Will the nose be in front up the inside? Yes, it is so Tony Wells back one more position. And Rino Mastronardi continues
2: to set very quick times in the GT3 category, just done a a category best again there, 156.155, he's extending the gap back to Nicky Walkviela and his Porsche to 6.3 seconds, mighty impressive. From the championship leader who will become the lone championship leader in the absence of regular teammate Giacomo
0: Pacini here in France. Well, we really need to start watching the little battle for second place because Jean Gloria, I'm afraid his five second advantage is down to 0.7 of the second. Laurence Prats is uh, really just taking chunks of time out of him. So it's probably going to be Ligier, Duquesne, Duquesne, but with a different Duquesne in second place because France is catching Gloria just as that fabulous battle is rejoined with Geoffrey Donada all over the tail of Alexander Matchell. But uh, first place, there's no doubt about that. Norrie yeah. uh, pensioner a dozen seconds to the goal. Very good opening stint from the Finn, as Donada might have another
2: opportunity into Turn 1. Big wiggle there from Matchell as he just about found the grip through Turn 1 and the right-hander at Turn 2. And this short, sharp straight towards a tricky section of track, the 3, 4 and 5. Again, Donada, slightly tighter line on the entry and, again, exiting Turn 4. So, despite him pushing hard on the tyres, that car seems more manoeuvrable, I would say, the CD Sport example, than the Matchell uh, Duque.
0: Matchell's driving in quite a different style. It's actually almost as though he, he's, dri- you know, a man from GTs, he's driving a prototype like a prototype should be driven, and uh, Geoffrey Donada is using much more of a GT style, you know, being a little little rougher but in the way he's just trying to unsettle natural Matchell it's almost like i'm driving a prototype now i have to be super smooth and he's sticking to his lines very very nicely indeed but uh, donada what he's not prepared to just concentrate on passing on the left he'll try the right as well Why not? If
2: the opportunity is there, and Machul presumably will defend initially, but can't then in the second time. In the background, Schneider's wide. Here is Donada's opportunity. He's just about got the inside line, caught a less grippy part of the track, but that won't matter. Joffrey Donada ahead and into seventh position. And in the background, as I said, Daniel Schneider losing grip on the exit of senior corner as we now turn our attention to the Inter Duquesne battle. Two very different teams, though. DKR Engineering second, and John Gloria ahead of Moritz Krantz, who was trying this move about 15 minutes
0: or so ago to get by the Belgian. Well, he's moved it very quickly indeed. And uh, then it's cool racing in fourth and fifth positions with uh, Nicola Mellini. Don't forget, he's the driver who led the race albeit uh, not correctly away from the start line he's right on the tail now of Maurice Smith there are a dozen seconds down on this great little battle for second place it's going to be interesting to see <laughs> Gloria's being very very defensive his right to do so but uh, certainly I would expect a move to be made at the end of the Mistral straight through turn six they go now to turn seven who's going to get the better exit onto the start onto the infield straight looks pretty good exit there from the driver in second, play, uh, third place Maurice Krantz he's going to use what toe he can all the way up the straight towards Senior and then we're going to see how brave he is. And certainly, it must be said, a driver who tries to overtake round the outside into turn three is either brave or that other one. <laughs> Indeed. Jean-Gloria is probably thinking,
2: oh, I thought I got rid of this guy, and he's back again. And uh, even more desperate to get in front. Senior corner won't be the opportunity for Kratz, but he can get the inside line into the next one. Dubladrat and he gets it into the right-hander at turn nine. That was all set up through the very fast right-hander at senior. Put Lorne off his Gern, off his stride,
0: and he couldn't leap across to the right-hand side of the track to defend. It's such a difficult place to pass. If you, if you drive around the circuit, even watching on television, there seems to be space abounding. So it diminishes when you come up and you start turning into, you know, the fastest point on the circuit, you're turning in, but uh, Kranz just seemed to have all the grip he wanted whereas uh, going on a line you thought would be perfectly fast. Uh, no answer from jean Gloria. Now the two cool racing cars have found one another,
2: and what's happened to the one with the green
0: door mirrors, Maurice Smith? just been a, He was caught very quickly by uh, Nicola Molini, and Nicola was half a second down at the start of the lap. Now, rain tires being looked at on terra firma. Lap times have been pretty handy at the moment, so I don't really... Well, looking at number 26, swinging the tail around Rory Penton. <laughs> Is it getting a little bit wet? But we've got uh, Jean-Gloria back into pit, And wet tyres being offered, surely. Yes, they are. That would also explain why he wasn't so confident going through scene and ceded that second place. Maybe he'd already made the decision. At that point, maybe you're slightly less brave. You, I'm coming in this lap because I've, you know, told you I need wet weather tyres, but certainly didn't seem to have the grip or the confidence through scene, and that's why Uh, Moritz Krantz up into second place all over again. So, for DKR Engineering, frustrating, but it may yet prove a very, very good stroke. Not so long ago, there was a thing on the screen saying you may now turn off your rain lights. I was thinking it's getting brighter, it's getting drier, but, uh, so, maybe a little rain flurry has arrived. Well, that stop for DKR can't
2: count as one of their two mandatory
0: stops, because, remember,
2: they need to do the long one, 150 seconds before the hour mark, and that's generally where people do their driver change as well. 50-minute minimum drive time these days in michelin la Cup. What happened a moment or two ago between seven, Tony Wells and the Joffrey Donata car? Well, Wells went wide out of turn five, and the door was well and truly left open for Joffrey Donata to dart through. So that puts the CD Sport, Ligier, up to fifth now. To finish the point about the pit stops just briefly, the short one must come in the last 20 minutes, so we're not at that phase at all yet. Uh, They have decided at DKR to take an extra stop, but uh, the wet-weather tyres might pay
0: dividends come the checkered, fl- come the checkered flag. I haven't talked too much about Rory Penton. He's had a quiet race since the opening lap, since he got back in front of Nicola Molini. Molini's way back after the drive through up to third. He needs to find nine seconds to catch Moritz Kratz, but Moritz is 16 seconds down on Penton, and it's so unusual to have a driver enjoying this much dominance. Certainly, some of those behind him have had their problems with drive through penalties and assorted mishaps, but the Finn hasn't put a wheel wrong. John
2: Schaubann now getting ahead of Rob Hodes in the number 10 car. Shaman in the 23 United Autosports machine drives a Ligier. And is trying to force enough time, no, as much time between, much time between, much time, Something not right with Hodes, with Hodes' car, rather. Looks very, looks very, in the background as well, so that's an indication of the track very damp indeed that is uh, the car rejoining on wet weather tires wet weather tires on gloria
0: you know what i was about to say next i was about to say i'm just going to keep an eye on jean-gloria's times now he's on wet weather tires is. now was there some actually between him his
2: car and the and that was that uh the stefan
0: adler car i think it could be bright, bright red so we're getting yes. gt visitors to the pits as well deciding that they would like some wet weather tires and that's a car Car number 50 coming to a halt and that's John Hartson, who is running at the tail of the field. Car 21 in under investigation for an incident. Or an incident at turn one at the start of the race. And car 21 is Moritz Prantz. He ran wide in the background in his uh, Mullen Motorsport car. He's about fourth place. Do you remember between turns yes. one and two. Yes. We thought it was in avoidance of uh, Morlini and Pentland having that little clash that put Morlini slightly onto the painted lines. They weren't ready at Kessel Racing for this pl- this
2: uh, stop. That uh, John. Presumably got the message to do, but the wet-weather tyres weren't right by the car, so some confusion. It'll take a fairly long time, this. We're still not in the window for this to be the longer stop either, and no hint of a driver change. They would really like to do their 150-second stop now, which would rather... Eclipse, the clumsy tyre chase. There's a car facing the wrong way at the start of the Mistral straight, which is the 12 machine. Team Virage and Steve Brooks so has he lost it on some wet curbing? maybe on the right-hand side? He's come through the fast left-hand kink. And yes, this is exactly what happened to Michael Fassbender in ELMS qualifying. Amazingly, though, no, he didn't quite keep it out of the wall. He's nosed in gently. Do you know, driving away, I wouldn't have said that car had, had any
0: contact at all, but he did catch a tyre barrier. Well, couldn't quite see. There might have been just a, a little bit of space that he managed to swing that nose around in, but certainly as he drove away, it looked... Unharmed, conditions must be changing, looking for spots on the screen, we're seeing windscreen wipers starting to go now, and uh, certainly in looking for a replay of something, oh yeah, it's definitely wetter, looking in the background, looking the drivers twitching, now which of the Ferraris is that, of the Iron Links Ferraris? It, 77, was it? no, it's the other car, Claudio and- Giovanni.
2: Now one, now one stopped in the middle of track, this is an LMP3 car, stopped
1: right at, right right at.
0: turn three look saying so under the control so saying so the, so the, so the blue stripy lines round it rotated i think in three and four it's particularly particularly uh, tricky We've just seeing claudio sciavoni going on there so down to from start from start i send through those sweeping three four and five but uh, with the number of cars going off there i think we're going to have a, a very busy pit lane shortly and then keep an eye on Juan warrior's pace <laughs> i'd like to see a replay of that incident i'm fairly sure that he could have been given a little clip up the rear yeah, by uh, the car that looked very much like the Edex Sport car of Stefan Adler. That was the
2: 67 car of Murad Sultanov, spinning. And meanwhile, the race leader is really struggling to find the traction right now. 15.7 seconds is still uh, Rory Penton's lead, though, over Moritz Krauss, who's proven himself to be no slouch in the opening 40 minutes, very nearly of this race.
0: that's when you start doing the maths and from the start line down towards the bottom part of the circuit penton went straight on at turn one Dakar, the race leader just could not turn in so what doesn't look obvious on screen it's suddenly as you get past the pits much much wetter and it's very delicate stuff coming out
2: of turn seven and onto the mistral oh yeah, yeah to illustrate the the drop-off in pace That was a lap two minutes one second for Rory Penton, and his best a 152. So we're almost 10 seconds slower than the ultimate dry speed. Moritz Krantz, kind of in the same ballpark, just over two minutes last time around, and an absolute best of a 152. He holds the fastest lap, 152.0. Meanwhile, GT3s relying more so on their uh, superior mechanical grip, so they're better in the rain theoretically. Still a 2.02 it was from Reno Masterardi Who leads GT3 And he hangs on to the fastest lap in that category as well A pit stop for 24 So that is Daniel Schneider coming in Still haven't uh, got anywhere close to a 50 minute drive time
0: yet That's your minimum for driver one Whether they be bronze, silver or gold That bottom part of the circuit Driver trying to carry their speed through the sweepers down from turn two But three, four and five A lot of them never even get to four Because hmm. they've gone wide and continued onto the circuit further down the slope and that was Yuri Wagner already in problems for a jump start so second problem for him and get this we're just starting to get cars coming into the pits we've already got one ping for speeding in the pit lane and unfortunately for Steve Parrow, he is the man for that so penalties to be coming and thought uh, yeah. going off the track but it was yes. the uh, Porsche that got up to second place in the GT class as the race leader Rino Mastronardi in the GT class carried on to another lap but diving into the pits, Lloyd Vila. We know he's got pace, we also know he's got Julian Andlowa, last year's German Porsche Cup champion, to take over from him. So uh, it's uh, a car that could be going places. Reno Mastinardi
2: with his driving talents struggling at times. The racing experience car has now ground to a halt. That had an off-track moment not too long ago. I think at three, turn three, and maybe on the very next lap, as, it, as it's reached turn seven, it hasn't fired back into life. So that's Yuri Wagner who rejoined via the, the little runoff route, but three corners later can't to power his way down the Mistral. Yeah, didn't get any further than going straight on a turn four. So this is the inside of the kink at seven. Now he's safely off the track, that whole area being covered by double-waved yellows. We'll wait to see whether there's going to be a full neutralization of the
0: race. Yeah, double wave pull turn seven, but uh, still seemed to have life. The windscreen wiper was still going, the lights were still on, so I don't think it's uh, gone switched off, but it's certainly driven off. But a car that had, had its share of problems for Yuri Wagner with those penalties yellow flag but a lot of the drivers right now aren't thinking of overtaking they're thinking of staying on the track and as i say that (laughs) even halfway through saying that yet another tumbler but nothing untoward as number five comes back onto the circuit that's michael jensen haven't really talked much about him he's had a quiet race up until that point
2: yeah and uh we're chuckling purely because we're just not really sure when a car is next to leave the track and these are so, such trying conditions it's not a reflection on the driver ability uh, of any of these uh, you know it's so treacherous most of them are fairly early on in their racing career and they'll remember this race for a long long time to come it's huge for experience it's a matter of survival really just get it to the, the point where you can hand it
0: over to your silver or gold graded driver and probably find they can do no better right well Tony Wells is now leading the race number seven nielsen racing duquesne at the top but pretty much everyone well in fact everyone bar one other person have come in the pits and rob hodes has stayed out in the other car from the same team maybe they're saying can i come in I haven't any tires ready but uh, certainly staying out but i think it's it's clearly the wrong thing to do you need to be in the pitch you need to be putting wet weather tires on rinaldi racing rejoined that'd be um, alexander matchell he's had a strong race and another do not there's a car spinning which of the nielsen racing cars is that is that our race leader was he given them a helping hand? You don't. Well, more than a helping hand for Tony Wells, yes. who was probably thinking about maybe pitting, and if he wasn't, he should have been. But unfortunately, given a, a tip around there.
2: Mm, not sure which one of those United cars that was. I thought it was 23, but I'd like another look at that. John Schumacher was on an out lap, and he's in the final sector. Oh, oh number three's, the three's
0: got, off as well. Oh, it's not been their day. So this is the car that was that's had two incidents. DKR Engineering. Our engineering, John gloria the first of the runners to come in and get where, where the tyres and was about a third of a lap into the, the stint of the wet, wet, rubber, wet rubber and was then given a wrap up the back and then all on his own. And I really have sympathy for Tony Wells there because he... Oh, Two moments turn. in one there, another Nielsen car. In the background.
2: Tony Wells again, if not it was the 10 of Rob Hodes. Uh, this is the opportunity we get to see, it was Hodes by the looks of things, battling with Motorsport 98, losing it on its own and the 98 car of Eric De Donker amazingly missing a
0: spinning rod Hodes, but at the other side of the track John Gloria was having his own moment at Turn 7 Well it's good to see that Tony Wells has got back, in, has gone into the pit lane, this team Nielsen racing the last to call their car But last time around, of course he was... Preceably slower than the United Autosports car that was coming up behind it because that was on wet weather tyres and he wasn't. And the carcass, well, you can see daylight between the wheel rim and the tyre, which to my untrained eye is not a good thing. But no, for indeed. Tony Wells, it was definitely a lap too long. Well, that that's presumably from the contact
2: well, there as well with, with well, the United Autosports car because uh, we had Nielsen cars spinning virtually on the same lap. But uh, Tony Wells was given a helping hand into that spin, whereas Rob Hodes lost it at turn five on his
0: own but uh, with turn five practically an ice rink now especially if you're on the wrong tyres yeah confirmation it was john shawerman in behind but the closing speed would have been sufficient because uh, for shawerman he had newfound grip that he certainly didn't have when he was still on the dry weather tyres and uh, just caught out and clipping tony wells and uh, it's so so tricky if you're still out there on slicks and everyone else is on wet weather tyres another moment just being shown there because Alexander Matchall happily now on, on groove tyres able to work his way past with great great vitesse so Rory Pentan remember him mm-hmm. leading the race and he's now leading the race he was leading by 16 seconds over Nicola Molini he's now leading by 16 seconds over Nicola Molini but don't forget Molini had that drive through the pits as well a drive through penalty so first and second are now still first and second but one's had a race that's almost by the textbook and the others had one filled with problems, that's Molini, the Swiss driver for Cool Racing, Cool Racing though no, second and third, looking good for them it certainly is, when probably the story could have been a lot different earlier on
2: discussion down at, whose team is this? Mm-hmm. looking for some ideas on the race suits, but uh, there were not any immediately obvious, uh, another off track moment that is for Team Virage I think car 12, yep coming out of turn 11 Bumping over the curbs, a loss of traction once again. We've seen plenty of that so far. And there's spray now uh, affecting visibility if
0: you are in traffic. Right, we eventually identified it's John Sharman as the driver at car number 23, United Autosports, Sports, and his team and his Race. Dry weather tyres on such a wet track and pussyfooting his way around. Rory and going uh, wide out of turn seven, but didn't panic. Kept it panic. Kept it in a straight line. Didn't try and hoik it back onto the circuit. Was able to continue on his way. But we had going off to stage left. Not necessarily chased by a bear, but uh, certainly for Rory Penton and cool head. Running one, two, three, four wheels over the track and beyond track and beyond didn't panic, didn't try and turn back onto the track too quickly eased it back on which is the right thing to do just as your brain saying get it back on the track, get it back on the track Yeah, no sudden movements I think the the key to that was that he cleared
2: the red and white painted surface and found the high friction paint the other side which has sort of granules in it and provides lots of extra grip so the blue stripe's generally good, the red and white curbing not so good and just speak to Michael Fassbender about that in the ELMS qualifying Nicolas Lapierre of Cool Racing still looking on, he's not due to be taking part in this race but uh, he is obviously taking an active interest Uh, because they're two cars are positioned nicely, second and third. We're also trying to work out whether it's going to rain
0: or stop raining in the near future. Well, you can tell he's uh, totally involved. He's standing with rain dripping off the awning on the uh, very, very wide pit wall. It's the best pit wall in motor racing, this one with a great big grass verge behind it, plenty of space, but he's standing there just absorbed in what he's seeing on the screen, doesn't want to miss any chance. To get some information across the drivers. But looking at the circuit now, the headlights are on full, there's spray coming up, and uh, conditions are full, interesting, as
2: (laughs) I think we can call them. (laughs) They're certainly grabbing people's attention. Lights flashing on the DKR engineering machine, which Sadly it's down in eighth place for the current championship leaders
0: now just as visibility is getting harder and harder There's a report that maybe debris on the Mistral straight oh, there, trial straight oh, is. halfway up no, I saw that. level yeah. with the chicane. So if you're running up in um, catching another drive still learning how to how hard to push on these uh, Wet-weather tires and you drink out that could be a big 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 problem So it's been identified the message will be transmitted to the drivers by the teams because that that could be very tricky indeed but right now it's a of case a of case survival in a way for these drivers just trying to work out how hard they can push the wet weather tires jean-gloria after a couple of moments a couple of moments seems to be sort of getting it together again he's dropping the dollar uh, quite quite so you can just see how it really is on a knife edge as i say that turning into turn 13 the third 13 the <laughs> gloria twitching away very nearly doesn't have the the turning circle to get
2: through 14 dupont because he approached it he approached it at such a crazy angle yeah i think it's maybe the skin of the inside of a wheel large that ended up on the track because the same lap that pentanen ran wide onto the mistral one of the cars in and around him to that bit of debris and it's now bouncing back and forth left and right on the track depending on who gets it depending on who gets it really needs someone to fully boot it clear but Warning on the screen at this stage. No need to uh, throw the, the full course yellow in order to retrieve that. It's fairly lightweight bodywork, I would say, that has found its way there from. Not sure whether it's a prototype
0: or a GT. Kind of doesn't matter, but everyone should be aware of that now. First place to second place is closing down. It was Penton and leading by 16 seconds. Okay, he had that slow that when he had that moment going onto the Mistral straight, but. Uh, now it's down to 11 and a half seconds. Molini's on a massive charge for cool racing. That's car racing. That's number 37. But there a lot of traffic. There was a the car in front of him, but he's worked his way through a good gaggle. He should be able to pick that off by turn one, then he's got a clear run to go off through the race leader He's halfway down the start finish straight and uh, race leader Penton and just turning out of turn two at the moment Still a little bit of debris on the track there. I think the what was one chunk of
2: bodywork has been split into several parts now Which will make recovery even more difficult And the potential for punctures later on of course as well if anybody is picking up shards of carbon fiber
0: It never rains, but it pours for DKR Engineering, Bruce Jones saw me shaking my head my head. DKR engineering um, we saw Jean-Gloria going for a spin people have been checking the replays there wasn't any contact but uh, now they're being done well not done under investigation for a pit stop infringement so yeah. we saw two spins in one lap from Gloria, and then yes. this uh, and to say that we expect him at the front of the, the, the field he's down in 7th place it could well be getting a whole lot worse
2: yeah and if you were confused there with the DKR Gang being in front of a number four car that's not entered in this race. That's the ELMS car, but they're operating remotely outside their ELMS garage. Laurence Hoare still to come in that machine. It's getting very close indeed for one or two machines looking to unlap themselves on Rory Pentinen. So who's in 23? John Shawman still at the wheel of that, but got pretty tight. That was probably Pentonen sticking a lap on Shawman, but he got close again. To reversing those positions as they headed towards senior so corner. At
3: 25 seconds to full course yellow.
2: Ah, now that's interesting because we're also about 25 20 seconds, seconds away from the pit yellow. stop window opening, effectively, at the end of 50 minutes drive time for
0: our opening drivers. Just having a little check. Rob we'll Host. 10 seconds
3: to full course oh. yellow. Rob Host is still having drive at the tires hasn't yet pitted. Two, wow, one, no, you're right. 19th place. We are under full course yellow.
2: So, this is kind of perfect timing to make you stop, unless everybody stops under full course yellow and you won't get any sort of an advantage. The
3: track. We are going to recover some debris at several points of the track. We are going to pick up debris at several points of the track.
2: Okay, so a chance not only to clear Mistral, but uh, also other corners as our first pit stopper is Nicola Molini from second from position. From second
0: place, we saw Rory Pentzner go around the final corner. It was just the wrong time for him, or else he hesitates, but he's going for another further lap behind in this full course yellow period. he has got to come in next time around. Has to, yeah, because otherwise, won't get the advantage of this caution
2: period and all of a sudden a race leader with a 12, 13, sometimes 15 second advantage going to kiss goodbye to that because Molini's pitting with everybody else at a much reduced speed. Full course yellow is an 80 kilometer per hour speed limit. Also Provides opportunity for the number 11 racing experienced LMP3 car to be recovered as well. As here comes Rob Hodes then. And we're expecting this car still to be on slick tires. Unbelievably, it is. You're right. Just saw through the hole there on the front left corner. That's a spectacular drive from Rob Hodes in terms of car control. I know he had that spin at turn five, but he didn't hit anything crucially. I know he's lost time as well. Come in from 19th but you know hasn't made a pit stop and they can now take their time as to which tires they're going to offer to car 10 this is a 150 second pit stop from in to out and this is where it's so important to know where your garage is in relation to the
0: outgoing timing loop you don't want to release the car too early be so interesting to hear from someone who stayed right to the bitter end on slick tires be great to hear from rob rob hose who sort of obviously came in the pit went hi guys remember me yeah (laughs) i haven't visited
2: real problems getting that front left off though i notice i hope that's not gonna bite them and it's still not come off yet so they're now having to locate another wheel gun
0: so hmm. another thing at this point (laughs) Going around the track at full-course yellow pace, Rory Pentanen is only now just past the point where the debris was, halfway up the Mistral Strait. <laughs> like the pit stop's all but completed. Here
2: we go, wheel gun number two trying to, be, trying to remove the front left. That is not shifting. And sometimes, whether it's cross-threading, whether it's just excessive heat through the hub... The two metals become bonded, I know, what, oh, it's off, thank goodness for that, but sometimes the the, the nut is deliberately softer metal than the, the spoke, if you like, the, uh, the, the end of the hub, and it doesn't happen too often, that problem, but I have seen circular saws necessary in the past in order to
0: separate wheels from cars. Absolutely, So in a 24-hour race you just have to keep on going, but in a race like this, only two hours, the consequences of the delay is so much... So much sharper. Race leader Rory Penton, halfway between the turn at scene and the double doigt, as his rivals have made their pit stops and going back out. But this full course yellow period continues, and Rory Penton surely will be in very soon indeed, getting ready to receive him. And Jean Gloria is in, number three, but that's a car that's had every problem going, it must be said. And that'll be handed over nice and tidily to Lawrence, Hur. Lawrence was ready some while ago, but they, they were just waiting and the moment didn't come until now, but they've got the clear pit lane.
2: Oh, what happened to Rory Penterton a moment or two ago? Again, he takes the wide line out onto the Mistral. This is just a look back on uh, earlier events in the race, though, and prior to the full course yellow. I suppose this interval does give us opportunity to have a little look at various problems, including for Alexander Matchell, who was trick turn one backwards. That's a... Uh, to grab his attention amazingly it just pirouetted it to face the right direction same goes almost for Jean gloria very nearly beached on the curb there but we reckon no contact for the number three car to put that into a spin it was all of his own making <laughs> Treaded being bolted onto the number three can only go that way right now. There's too much wet weather out there. Both it's raining, but also the track surface is going to take some time to dry up as well. I think possibly the rain is lighter than it was earlier. We're now fully ensconced in the pit lane window. Not strictly a window. It's determined by the drive times, and that has been decreased to 55.0 minutes because of the latest problems with the LMP3 engine so uh, just to make sure that the engine can do the distance we go back to green now uh, but there are shorter drive times
0: because of that number two Porsche sixth place overall hasn't made a pit stop and it's staying out on the circuit Nikki lloyd Vila continues out there our race leader Rory Pentonen has come in to make his pit stop is serving his pit stop but he's doing so when the circuit is when it's green out on the track so that lead he had of 11 and a half seconds is going to be gobbled up very very quickly indeed nick adcock waiting to take over from michael jensen they are also losing time in the pits with the, that full course yellow having been cleared now but some of the speeds under speed know, under investigation again it's a standard procedure but procedure but uh, they uh, absolutely have to stick by the enforced limits they don't talk
2: there's a 15 second stop next to reno Mastronardi and his number eight eight ferrari they'll have to come in again because that's not long enough that must have been a change it's about the right sort of time for a tire change they need to do what they need to do a 150 second stop as part of their mandatory interface that's where uh, driver Mastronardi will hand over as well uh, as well to nicholas nielsen they've also well it's actually 171 seconds technically because they take or they have to serve 20 seconds because they are the championship leaders and it's all dictated by dictated by how many points you have compared to the car 6th in the championship one subtracted from the other and eventually you get 21 seconds as a pit stop handicap time down the mistral, very damp indeed, indeed. and through the water splash goes the number 3 car now driven of course by Huer and with Huer the full-course yellow speeds under investigation, but Hor takes the number three car over, and we can hear from his teammate Sean Gloria now chatting with Haley in the pits.
1: I'm joined by the driver of the car number three from DKR Engineering. You had a stint littered with problems, unfortunately, out there, just because the conditions weren't easy. We can see that you started out relatively dry, relatively dry conditions. Now it's tipping it down outside. I mean, how did you manage that and what happened out there?
4: Uh, Well, yeah, indeed, it were uh, quite uh, challenging uh, conditions. Start was quite good, lost one place, then uh, managed to fight back to third position. Difficult to follow the leaders, Uh, not very happy with my pace. And then suddenly the rain came. Um, came up, uh, came in a bit too early, in, uh, too early, uh, early sorry. And the pit lane uh, to change to, uh, to change to um, uh, wet tires. So I lost a bit of time there. Um, I should have waited maybe one or two laps longer. Um, and got and got. It was difficult to get used. I haven't I haven't driven a lot with this car in uh, rainy conditions. And um, and uh, on top of the the windscreen wiper wasn't working. So um, I made some, uh, some some spins and uh, yeah, not not too happy with it. With that, of course. With that, of course. Okay. Just anything that was already uh, that was the good part of it.
1: <laughs> good going. Uh, you just handed over to Lawrence. To Lawrence. You just handed over to your uh, teammate Lawrence. I mean, how confident are you feeling about you know getting ahead and getting getting, winning, getting some places? Here? Um, I have
4: full confidence in lawrence uh, lawrence uh, looking forward to see uh to watch and follow his tent and hopefully uh he can manage to uh, improve a bit uh on what I did.
1: <laughs> thank you very much john
2: Jean. Uh, Jean. the fact that the uh windscreen wasn't working at times but yeah uh, uh, no contact we think between the three and chef Adler's Edex Sport car Sport car Big puff of tyre smoke As he got the Duquesne pointing in the right direction And that wasn't the only spin That spin that jean Gloria would experience News Contacted Contacted with car seven Car seven And this was it This was it On the rear corner It immediately deflated Deflated Ewell's tyre
0: yeah as others that uh, were coming in the car coming in the car number 21 overtaking beyond the track limits that was the code. Forget. get paulini on board sorry uh, on the motorsport car with um, boris krantz on board Ran wide, gained positions, went from uh, fourth up to third, then uh, then really had a good run, great, great run early on, but unfortunately that's going to be tipping down the order. So we've got four cars, four drive-throughs, the number 11 Racing Experience Duquesne, the number 21 Molnar Motorsport Duquesne, 23 United Auto Sports Ligier, and Nicola Bolini, he picked up one as well for the Cool Racing Ligier, but that's too badly because it's up at the front end of the field. But it's Edward Kauhap leading the race, car number 37, not just at the front end of the field, of course, he's handed over Molini to Kauhap. Yes. Uh, sitting on a lead of nine and a bit seconds over Matt Bell. Haven't really talked too much about Matt, only just taken over the sister car from Cool Racing, the number 69 from Maurice Smith. But for Cool Racing, no wonder um, we have Niccolò Lapierre pacing around uh, in, in a sort of proud and totally involved position up on the pit wall. Now, this is an interesting phase in the race in the GT3s, because Rino Mastronardi
2: and Michel Bronzewski pitting at the same time, pretty much on the hour mark. But bear in mind, because the eight car leads the championship, they've got to be in the pits for 21 seconds more than the 150. The 74 only four extra seconds, so that's a difference of 17 seconds. Bearing in mind the gap between them was 12 and a half before it, it should swing it in the favour of Kessel Racing, and then we've got a real fight on our hands, on our hands between replacement drivers, B drivers if you like, David David Parel, who should be leading by that point, and the chasing Nicholas Nielsen. So it's all hotting up nicely in nicely in 83. <laughs> <laughs> Just taken charge of because he didn't have to take any extra time in the pit stop. Car two Porsche and in front was there contact a moment or two just a bit between 66 and was that the, was that the leader or was it their second place car place car it was one of the machines
0: it was our race leader car number th- now 17 year old Fra- 17 year old french racer looking for damage can't th- but for cool racing they're first- <laughs> cool racing their first seven seconds between cohab leading the race and matt bell so bell chipping away with a very good effect in the number 69 entry. Graf Racing, Matthias Kaiser, taken over from Rory Penton, but we've got uh, bodywork damage on the 66, so unfortunately the car sh- now in Schwager's hands. Let's hope he's not shredding more debris up the back straight. Well, that's not helping the front right tyre, and a significant
2: chunk of bodywork just sort of exploded two-thirds of the way, of the way down the- oh, there. So, as you say, the car started by Steve Parrow, and
0: now being driven by Schwager has a penalty to serve now one of two cars just being pinged speeding in the pit lane unfortunately six just taken over from Stefan Adler in the export entry so those trees so those have also joined the list that makes six of the runners six entries serving drive-through penalties
2: let's just check these pit stops for the gt3 championship uh, top five or at least two of them perel 234 that's bang on because it's the, the, the 150 seconds plus the extra four and actually Iron Links working in a bit of insurance policy there. It could have been a 251, it's a 253. But Nicholas Nielsen is back out in the race. There shouldn't be any there shouldn't be any But that pit stop, and he's now seven seconds to find on David Perel. That is a task, and certainly I mean that's just to get to second place. They've then got Janama got Elin as the race leader. Looking very good
0: for TFT right now in the GT3. Isn't it just? had that setback on the opening lap of the race had to chip away chip away from sixth to fifth to fourth to third uh, but then it was the way uh, but then it was the way able to hunt down two worries, most notably the car with uh, Bronichewski at the wheel um hoarded in looking good but uh, you suddenly feel however good Nicky Leutwieler is that Julian Andler would be even faster all those years of Porter racing experience and um at the margin of, of the front of the field isn't that big but he's just looking confident looking confident and the amount of spray coming up off the track we can't deny it's properly wet johnny no certainly not now there was a question regarding that statement in the opening
2: 45 minutes fully wet now and he has a chasing matt griffin behind him now that's not him now that's not position. the position 77 iron links ferrari uh, matt is actually fifth and the porsche leads gt3 so there's a full lap between those cars more yellow flags no flags in the area that these two gt cars have just left turns two three uh, three four and five and another incident oh that was the one we caught sight of it definitely was the race leader edward Kohop. uh having some contact with this contact with the 66 then of dominic Fager. that's going to be lo- clock clock doesn't answer the question as to why there are yellows though at three four and five and on our- can't see cars there. Our leaders, just, our leader's just about to go into that double waved yellow section, though, 37.
0: Yeah, I've been looking. I can see no stationary cars on the track map, but uh, Julian Adler <laughs> is starting to stre- stretch his legs. But let's go down to hear from Reno Mastronardi, who was leading the GT class ahead of the round of pit stops, the proper pit stops, the driver change pit stops, not just the ones earlier on for change to the wet tyres. But let's go down and join Haley with Reno.
1: I'm joined here by Rino, me, Bruno driver of car number eight for Iron Links. Now you just came, just ended your stint. You were uh, uh, leading in the GT3 category, 3 category, and David, uh, your your teammates. However, it hasn't been without complications. You just had a 20, you just uh, your 21 uh, second penalty, but also you lost your pole position at the beginning of the race. I mean, what can you tell us about this very complicated beginning of the race, beginning of the race?
5: Uh, so far, it's the toughest weekend. yeah, uh, we, I don't know what uh, during the, uh, the check, when they checked the car after the qualifying, uh, Qualifying, uh, something was not, uh, I don't know what, was not correct, and they decided to, to take a day. Uh, but anyway, that's what, uh, anyway, just a little problem because uh, I've been uh, able to get the first position uh, in, in about two or three laps at the beginning of the race, so that was fine. Unfortunately, the, the weather didn't help us so much. Uh, the rain uh, it made, made it a little bit more easy, uh, more difficult. And uh, but anyway, um, the car uh, the car was well in the, on the dry and on the wet as well. But you know, with the 21 21 second penalty, it's always difficult to, to stay in the lead. But uh, it's like this: we cannot win every time. 3-9. Yeah, and that is part of the reason why this
2: self-balancing mecha- balancing mechanism within the regulations has been brought in. Success is not used in GT, used in GT3 instead. It's a pit stop handicap time, and that uh, is reassessed with every race depending on whether are in the top five championship or not so they'll maybe get an advantage next time around edward Carhope now splishing and splashing his way his way uh, a very wet part of the track now he shouldn't technically be there but he probably braked at exactly the same point as he did a lap ago the car snaps to the snaps to the left and no tire wall or arm wall or armco barrier there relatively easily i'm not sure he took any advantage there and the gaps chiseled away Matt Bell, who's doing the chasing in the sister cool racing car, is
0: down. I
2: out of the today, but if I was anywhere, I'd like to be the camera to be the track. with. He can easily. I'm not sure he took any advantage there. And the gap's chiselled away again by Matt Bell, who's doing the
0: chasing in the sister cool racing car. is down to 7.2 seconds. He's taking two seconds of that. I was just thinking, I wouldn't want to be a cameraman out in the wet today, but if I was anywhere, I'd like to be the camera at Turn 5 that looks back across that uh, sequence of 3, 4 and 5. That's where so many drivers... Are getting it twitchy getting it wrong but one bit of good news in a day there's been bad news for of six drive six teams getting drive-through penalties the one for car number 21 Moritz Krantz he was in fourth place with Mulner Motorsport going in through this first corners on the opening lap I didn't think it was fair that he picked up a penalty and it's been revoked so no drive-through for car 21 and the driver at the wheel at the moment Gilles Manius down in 10th place but at least he's not dropping further back but the spins keep on coming the replay That was, uh, well, we saw problems earlier for um, Dominic Schwager in that car. Replaced the tyre. That was, uh, we saw it limping back after the contact with 37. There's going to be no further action for that contact with the race leader.
2: Yes. And, uh, yeah, that was between Schwager and Edward Kohope. But uh, that car still looking very straight. I wonder whether he might have lost a dive plane. But uh, it's still in place, I reckon. Highlights then of the opening hour and standby beds, there were a number of them. It could have been a different day when this race started. It's raining so much now, halfway through. Clean start, but it was too good a getaway for Nicola Molini. He was ahead of Rory Pentonen as they headed into the first corner. There was then definitely contact between Pentonen and Molini, which forced Molini off the track. Two more further back, including the Tony Wells Nielsen car. Also taking to the scenery through that first sequence of uh, turned one and two, the left and the right, and initially the top four kind of broke away. It was uh, Rory Penton and leading the way, but Moritz Krantz tacking onto the back there of that four-car train. Krantz went for a move on Jean Gloria, didn't quite come off. They, I think, made contact there, and then Moritz Krantz dived back behind it. And then there was more contact there, potentially, or Kranz just drove off the road because he was given no route alongside. That uh, was never investigated, I don't think. John Gloria within his rights to defend the corner as he did, but it meant a Moritz Kranz spin immediately afterwards, and then it would be down to the German to try and retrieve those places as best he could. Nicky Leutwiler, an eventful race as well, falling to the back of the GT3 field, but steadily picking cars off after that. Porsche is now the car being driven by Julian Anlauer and leading GT3 so it was crucial for Nikki Leutwiler to keep things clean as much as possible chasing then the the 37 car judged to be at fault for an issue earlier on, it had to come in for a uh, pit stop and then rejoin and work its way back up the order there was a spin for the 3 car and then the racing experience car uh, ground to a halt with Yuri Wagner at the wheel, that was retrieved in the end during our full course yellow. Rory Pentinant was well ahead of everybody else. I remember 15 seconds being on the screen at one point. This was the moment that was no further action. A racing incident with the two trajectories of two very different racing cars meeting in the middle effectively. But Julian Lauer leading the GT3 category and the Kind of foundation of this race now for that Porsche, laid by Nicky Leutwiler. It is the cool racing car of Edward Kohop and Nicola Molini that leads at this stage by seven seconds, with a chasing Matt Bell. Again, taking more time on that lap out of the leading Frenchman. But it is the Newcastle-born Matt Bell who is creating this concertina effect for the two sister cool racing cars. Where will they meet in the middle, I wonder? And how long will that take? Man from Liechtenstein, Matthias Kaiser for Graf running in third. Then it's Welshman Andy Merrick fourth, number 24, United Autosports. Fabian Laverne took charge of the NV2S racing car, number 27, which runs in fifth place. So Laverne handing, rather, taking over from Christoph Cresp. And in sixth place, it's the number three car of Laurence Ho After we spoke to his teammate Jean-Glorieux. In GT3, the PZO bearer Zurich say by TFT Porsche of Julian Andlauer, started by Nicky Leutwiller, leading the way. And that's going to take some catching now. He is almost 30 seconds clear of the Kessel Racing Ferrari of David Perel, number 74. Nicholas Nielsen for Iron Lynx, car number 8, started by Reno Mastronardi, having to serve not only 150 seconds as a mandatory stop, but the additional 21 seconds because they are the championship leaders. Third place, possibly the best thing to do. Although Nilsson's pushing hard
0: and is within now four seconds of David Perel. Conditions properly, properly wet at the moment, but the lead has come down and down and down. Edward Cohout, the teenager, hanging on, but that uh, margin was 15 seconds. It's just under six seconds now. Matt Bell, clearly used to the rain, driving supremely well. He's taking a second and a bit per lap out of his teammate who's leading the race, but behind them, uh, now starting to fall away, Matthias Kaiser, Andy Merrick trying to catch. He's only six and a bit seconds down on, on that battle, in that battle for third place, and Fabian Laverne is catching the two of them, so that could be quite good within about four or five more laps. Yes, yeah, certainly want to look
2: out for. Laverne, a bit of a superstar. And MV2S racing newish into the Michelin Le Mans Cup, but top five as things stand
0: could be very good. Might be even better than that come the end. We've just seen the race lead, Edward Cahope going past someone who was recovering from a moment out of turn, probably out of turn two. Yes, he's just gone down through turns three, now in turn four, turning into turn five. But <laughs> the closing speed is great when someone's rotated or, or just gone off the track and just rejoining. I'm trying to see which it was. It, I, I don't want to hazard a guess.
2: Um, the cars behind Edward Cahope, 21, which is Gilles Magnus, and the 69 car, which is the other cool racing machine. I doubt it was Matt Bell, so it could have been Gilles. Could have been the 66, which is much further back now of uh, Dominic Schwager.
0: No, it wasn't. It was white and blue, so that we can None that of rules those out Schwager. Gaps to 5.1 seconds. Now Matt Bell hunting down his teammate Edward Kohab. Kohab, short in years, short in experience. will be gaining experience of what it's like to race in very, very wet conditions again yeah, visibility just a problem not just for the drivers for the cameramen trying to pick them out down the end of uh, the longer sections. of the straight view at turn one is uh, GT cars looking very well balanced latest morning uh, pit stop under investigation for car number 50 one of the Kessel Racing Ferrari's Ollie Hancock taking that over from Steve Hartshorn John Hartshorn sorry beg your pardon yeah. Julian Andler were really right in the way of car number 23, the United Autosports entry with Wayne Boyd trying to press on. We know Wayne's super quick. He's just going to have to bide his time. Getting too close behind a GT car will damage your front end. Should be able to pick it off down the straight. Yeah, that's the, the better place to do
2: it rather than the twisty technical section. Got to make sure that the GT driver has seen you as well and with visibility really at a premium, much safer to do it on the Mistral straight. And that's exactly what the Ulsterman does. Gets a good toe. Off the back of the 911, a Porsche 911 um, uh, from TFT, the GT3R to give it its full specification. That's a proper rear engine Porsche as well with a flat six, of course. And cars just coming into view include the 27, the entry from MV2S then going strongly. Fifth place, Fabian Laverne to 210.0 last time around.
0: That was nine tenths shy of Andy Merrick. Yeah, but look at the pace of the drivers behind in 6th and 7th places. Lawrence Hoare, 2 minutes 5.2, so 5 seconds faster than Fabian Laverne. Yeah. And Dino Lunardi in 7th place overall. Motorsport 98, he was doing a 2 minutes 6.4. They were the two fastest drivers on the track. They're down the order, but it often happens in a two-hour race. When the second driver gets in, they might be down the order, but if they're quick, they can pick their way back up, and certainly great laps there from Lawrence Hoare and Dino Lunardi. Gap between the leading
2: duo, 5 seconds now. Actually, a smidge under that, so Matt Bell found more time last time around. Edward and Matt's times similar for lap 35. It must have been 34, though, that uh, Matt Bell gained a significant chunk. As Colin Noble, having taken charge of the number seven car, water absolutely pouring off that car, and there are... Various areas for the water to escape, including added to prototype cars in recent years, that hole on the top of the wheel arch, so that if cars get sideways, the air has got somewhere to escape to, rather than pitching uh, prototypes into a roll. That's the reason why that dorsal fin is across the back of above the engine bay as well,
0: to try and keep cars on the ground, which is really what we prefer than uh, flying through the air. Great battle for second place in the GT class julian Andlauer way up the track he's about 30 30 something seconds to the good but david perel hanging on and being pushed super hard by nicholas nielsen and the white and black iron links ferrari behind the red and white one Windscrew wipers uh, blazing away but uh their little battle all along just helps julian and yes. concentrate on his own race he's not being harried he's got that half minute advantage but uh, you almost feel it's, uh, well, drives the calibre of Perel and certainly Nielsen are not likely to make a fumble, but uh, Nielsen's got to work out how to find a way by. Not easy in all that spray. The racing line looks wetter than, uh, than the
2: actual... Uh, the off-track bit at the moment. I think that's just an optical illusion, Yeah, you know, because if you did get offline into turn three, you would be skating towards the scenery very quickly. But, of course, these tyres, these cars are on wet-weather tyres and they like the wet, so as a sort of hint of a racing line appears, they'll be searching around for the cooler and the wetter parts of the track. There's really only one racing line, though, through six and seven. Single-file stuff. Don't hit the curb on the exit and get good drive off that corner windscreen wipers still very
0: much the order of the day for the second and third place ferraris the race is two hours long we've got over 40 minutes remaining in the race the pace is falling away it seems to be wetter and wetter every time you look for a little line that might be drier for the drivers there are that pace is getting worse the visibility is getting worse we've still got a four-hour race for the european le mans series uh, later this evening starting at 6 30 it's coming up it's just gone quarter past three no wonder the teams are checking their weather maps by the moment rain coming in in bands and right now it's survival it's about not making the mistakes Race leader, Edward Cowhap, under five, min- five minutes, five seconds. Good. 4.8 seconds over Matt Bell. Matt's been hunting him down all the time. No pressure from behind because the car in third place, um, Matthias Kals- Kaiser for-, for Graf, is down 50 seconds in arrears. So the first two for cool racing, it's theirs to lose. But which one's going to end up on top? Would it be Matt Bell or would it be 16, 17-year-old Edward Cowhap, who's uh, just super impressive as he gains experience in these fabulous silhouette racers
2: yeah there's a bit of a question mark I suppose uh, regarding Cool Racing are they going for just the better team result, or will there be some jostling of position permitted 37 better place in the championship currently 69 car uh, has 16 points to its name but 37 26 points to its name so better really from a championship perspective for Edward Kohob and Molini to take maximum points Matt Bell Might have some other plans,
0: though, and he's now only 3.3 seconds away. He certainly might, but a certain person with plans is Dino Lunardi. He's the fastest driver on the track. He's right on the tail of number three now at Lorenzo. Don't forget, champion last year, but being hunted down. Lunardi, series of fast laps, pick off one of the Iron Link's Ferraris, but it's double flashing of the light there from Lunardi. You've seen me, you've seen me, have you really seen me? Let's make sure you have. Uh, Oh, slow exit there from Lawrence Hall. I think he went in on the wrong angle into scene and uh, an overtaking manoeuvre comes very easily, indeed, to Lunardi. Brave and very, very effective. You thought he'd lost momentum there behind the Ferrari, but somehow he just seemed to have a better run into the corner. I think there was a very slight mistake and a lift from Lawrence Hall, but that was all the opportunity that uh, was required for Lunardi. Up to sixth place he goes, and... uh how close were the two cars to coming into contact
2: as they went then through oh, they may well have been contact actually or did the dive plane just thread its way around the outside of the cheese wedge but I thought Laurence Hoare he knows the dimensions of his car pretty well maybe not so
0: much as I first thought uh, just a thought we heard from jean Gloria saying he had no working windscreen wiper has that been fixed uh, it's not moving on the screen I think Laurence Hoare is doing this with spray in his face that's a good call and yes the windscreen
2: wiper is centrally positioned so it's easy to work out whether it is uh, wigging and wagging from left to right i think visibility at a real premium as we head down to
1: hailey again in the pits so i'm joined here by nicola Laptier, managing consultant for a cool racing unfortunately we couldn't find nicola modini he's about back somewhere probably having a drink or something after what is a great performance. Maybe not the start he wanted, uh, I mean, but he progressed well and you're currently first and second.
4: Yeah, Nico uh, clearly jumped the start. We saw it from from the beginning. The pole-seater was going very slow, and he couldn't slow down enough, so we got a drive-through that was fair enough. But then he did a super job. He came back, and he was driving fantastically on on the rain. And Maurice Smith, our second bronze driver, did also a great job on the 69. So we are now fourth and second, but the conditions are getting really slippery and hard out there. So we ask our driver to take no risk, but it's uh, starting to act like planning a bit. So we're going to see. It's going to be a last uh, 40 minutes. They're going to be difficult, but uh, we are in a good position right now.
1: Absolutely, both in first and second place. I mean, are there any team orders going to be put into place?
4: We want to let them fight for sure. I mean, uh, Edward is a very young driver, very talented, but he's one of his first time on the rain. So he's discovering the car, and Matt has a lot of experience in the P3. But they are both very clever, so hopefully they're going to have a clean fight.
1: Thank you very much, Nicola.
2: Well, that's great to hear. The shackles are off. Team orders very much frowned upon, of course, and, uh, you know, two distinct sides of the garage. So Matt Bell... Now has Edward Cohope in his sights. They will have been chatting, I'm sure, at team hospitality all weekend. Matt will know that Cohope is relatively early on in his racing career and not that experienced in the wet stuff. Matt Bell taking the tighter line at senior corner. So I think, you know, there will be the opportunity for an overtake. It's just that Matt won't be really turning the screw, perhaps, as if he was attacking a car from a completely different team. They don't want to scupper a a potentially amazing result, though, with an embarrassing bit of contact, so that to be avoided. If Matt Bell gets a good run, maybe out of Turn 7 and onto the Mistral, that might be the opportunity. Big squirm from Kohob as, again, he got just a couple of tyres onto the wet stuff through Galabat, and that is all it takes to lose grip and to lose a fair chunk of time.
0: I I just think that Matt's got all the experience. And as we heard from Nicola Lapierre, this is a a first proper run in a prototype in the rain for Edward Cowhab. But it's about knowing where the edge, the limit is. And Matt Bell's got all those years of experience. He can afford to bite his time. He, He holds what? The advantage came down from over a dozen seconds. It's now down to three quarters of a second. He'll choose his moment. There are a couple of uh, back markers ahead of them. I sense it might just be my wild optimism, but the weather is not continuing to be worse. It's becoming a little better, but there's so much standing water that the, the spray is enormous. And just talking that Lawrence Hall, just checking his lap times. Well, doing that without a windscreen wiper, he's still running around in seventh place, but... Uh, he will be desperately keen for this spray to dissipate. 35 minutes remaining in the race, but for all the rivals, they've got working windscreen wipers, they take what they can, but uh, for Lawrence Hall, it's going to be very, very tricky for DKR Engineering. There is starting to be a less wet line, I won't call it a dry line, it's a uh, one in which the water has been taken away, but it still sits within the tarmac, but uh, Matt Bell is using all that experience, and I think we could get to the point. In the closing laps of the race where people are going to have tires with not a lot of life left in them there could be massive chunking if it continues to dry yeah every chance of that with uh, a track that's
2: getting grippier and grippier wet tires just do not like that the block started to move around on the tread so traction becomes a real premium if it wasn't already. Now this is the point where the two overall leaders are trying to get by the second place fight in GT3 by the looks of things yeah David Perrell and Nicholas Nielsen still virtually nose to tail so could this provide an opportunity maybe for Nielsen to get an overtake done and dusted as the two faster prototypes fashion an opportunity to get by 34 and a bit minutes still to go and still water pouring down the sides of both the 37 and the 69 cars first and second and matt bell is now in
0: that awkward area where the spray is hampering his visibility massively what i just saw matt bell do i thought was quite interesting he suddenly jinked out to one oh, outside did. again because yes. i thought he's clever he's trying to see what's ahead in the spray he sensed there were two other some other cars up ahead he pulled out an may have been able to discern their GT cars but actually he's just a little bit of uh, the ground he's made up but I thought he was just taking a look because he wants to see that would affect also where he thinks he might make an attempted passing manoeuvre and if he senses right okay they're GT cars I've raced those I know where their performance margin is and where they're going to be really struggling and that's the point I, I I want to put my teammate in a predicament and I can get past yeah he's closed right onto his tail again so I don't think it's a car problem It was just uh, him being very sensible, I would say. Well, I I think initially, yes, the the
2: moment at 13 looked to be more like a mistake, whether he just caught a patch of standing water, and that uh, put the car from the left-hand side of the track Mm. well over to the right, almost as if he was going to come down into the pit lane. Thankfully, it's a wide bit of track there, and does allow you an opportunity to correct... But he was definitely further uh, behind Edouard Cohope as they
0: came across the line. He's found that t- t- that time back again very quickly. Yeah, because on the start finish line, it could, well, it, it was one and a bit seconds, it's down to 0.8 of a second, but still those two fighting GT class Ferraris in front of them. And Edouard Cohope, the race leader, does not want them there, but the, here comes the move from Nicholas Nielsen, closer than ever before as they go up the Mistral straight. Nobody really in front of them, but where is the move going to come? Will it come into. No, it won't. Will it come into turns 9 and 10? More likely, but that said, really brave into the corner from David Perel. Eats a tiny advantage and holds on to that. He was massively sideways though there, the
2: South African exiting senior corner and loads of opposite lock did so well to hang on to that, but that's cost him more time and may well be a sitting duck, excuse the pun, as he heads towards the end of the track. It's certainly good weather for ducks right now and as he heads towards the end of the lap at Garlaban, the distraction as well as the race leaders behind what about David Perel here out onto the curb and almost at 45 degrees but uh, Nicholas
0: Nielsen wasn't close enough to pounce but again it's not just any corner when you're going over the curbs it's seen it's the driver's the corner the drivers think about all the time it's wet there is a beyond but you're gonna be going right across that really really fast indeed in fact had Nielsen been any closer than that he might have been compromised as it yeah. was it just enabled him to close onto the tail all over again gap between first and second point three of a second now it was point eight last time around Point three now Matt Bell getting closer and closer to Andrew Cahap and now starting to flashlights at him to try and unsettle his teammate but it's first and second for cool rating but yeah I, I sense it was almost like a cool down lap from Matt Bell and now he's right on it again
2: neither one of these prototypes though actually gaining any time it looks like on the Ferraris and this is a great kind of direct comparison between mechanical grip and aerodynamic grip okay the p3 is a bit closer this time and maybe these two cars will be able to pick off at least one of the ferraris down the mistral but i would have expected the p3s to have been catching gt3s far more readily got to be the weather that's uh, the defining factor there that's the real leveler and again the lmp3 struggling to lay down their massive amount of power 5.6 V8s from the Nissan, the Orica-prepared Nissan uh, engines. And now maybe Edouard Coho will be able to get ahead of Nicholas Nielsen, but it's going to be a close-run thing. This is fascinating because they just can't quite get close enough to the Ferraris. This time then, and more because of visibility, I think, Coho goes to the outside of Senior Matt Bell likewise ducks out of line briefly to get away from the spray from the 37. This is a perfect race to direct <laughs> because all the action's in one frame, pretty much.
0: No, yeah, exactly so, and uh, it's not really this battle between first and second between Kohl and Bell isn't really allowing a great advantage for Matthias Kaiser in third place. He is catching them, but he's only 40, 43 seconds back. But he's not compromised. They're scrapping four positions but unfortunately, for unfortunately and for them, but fortunately for the fans and people watching on TV and. Uh, and as well track and you know obviously not trackside it's a a closed meeting they're holding them up but they're having such a good scrap of their own this time around I think it's much much closer in fact uh, the two GT cars (laughs) and and the P3 cars they're covered by what a second and a bit as they go across the start finish line 0.27 of a two two of a second for Cowhap, who uh, advantage Cowhap has over Matt Bell looks left looks right holds on into turn one but again can't use the natural pace of the car there Johnny he's still got those Ferraris right in front that's right Could Ebuard Koha be faster
2: if he didn't have those two prancing horses in front of him? At times, I think, yes, at other times, not so sure. Because, again, the Ferrari's far less reliant on the the downforce that they generate. It's more about the weight of these sort of 1,200, 1,300-kilo Ferraris and the mechanical grip that they generate. The P3's right with the Ferraris once again. First and second, actually third and fourth in this train, and then the GT3 battle is all about Julian Anlauer, who we're not grabbing a sight of, but that's fine because he's kind of so far up the road. Uh, it, it's going to take a lot for the Porsche not to win this race. We're more interested in how the Ferraris and what order the Ferraris will finish. Nicholas Nielsen doing the chasing, third position in GT3, trying to hunt down David Perel. He didn't get a run onto the Mistral though this time. That Nicholas Nielsen losing a massive amount of ground and both of the race leaders in p3
0: are able now to get between the two Yeah slightly compromised line there for Kohap into Seeing he found himself too far to drive his right as he went up But he's done just enough taking the wider line and maybe hoping to move into lead Matt Bell has had to tuck in behind him They've got past Nielsen and now it could be happy days for David Perel but 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 so many other things to consider in this but one thing I've noticed Johnny you can actually see a lot more of the hill in the background the conditions are improved but there's still so much water down there the drivers may not notice it yet Yeah, that kind of
2: fine mist that descended on the track is slowly clearing. Now the two leaders have got too far apart for Matt Bell's liking because Edward Carhope got the jump on the red Ferrari of David Perel. Matt Bell's going to have to wait for his opportunity to get it in front of the second-placed Ferrari. Sensibly follows Perel's every move from one side of the track to the other to shadow him to get the toe and should be able to duck underneath that Ferrari before Turn 1, so that's a neat bit of driving. But Matt Bell's kind of back to where he started now, all that hard work to whittle down a, well, six-second lead. It's opened up to maybe two seconds once again.
0: I sort of think that Matt Bell actually is going to be able to close it up again. Yes, it's really really opened out, not to his advantage, but he just looks a bit more sure than Mm -hmm. Edward can So he should be with all those extra years of experience but conditions still so so slippery but lap times starting to fall again Dino Lunardi I'll blow his trumpet again because he's in sixth place he's chipping away at Fabian Laverne but they're, they're faster than all the drivers in front of them so gradually starting to close up at the top of the race but uh, let's just reiterate the fact is the car in third place is 36 seconds down on Matt Bell but he's been gaining three four seconds a lap in the last two laps but of course mitigating circumstances the, the two cars from cool Racing be fighting hammer and nail to get past the drivers the, the leading ferraris in in gte yes. but of course the gt gte, GTE uh, class is led by the porsche by 53 seconds let's do the maths on that might have just gone out by another second 56 seconds and the other cars in GT3 are Andrea
2: Belliki 4th, in his number 67 Kessel Racing Ferrari ahead of Matt Griffin, who's kind of stuck in fifth place. Can't make that many inroads. He was, well, about a second quicker than Belliki, but I think that's down to traffic, actually, more than anything else. And Ollie Hancock circulating at about the same sort of speed as well, taking over the John Hartson
0: Ferrari down at Kessel 2. Matt Bell has closed right up on the turn of the race leader again. He- separated by about what two seconds uh, or or maybe slightly more as they went past those the Ferrari of David Perel about half a second now between first and second in this race and with every lap uh, the gap to Matthias Kaisers coming down but with 25 minutes remaining on the clock and uh, still a 36 second advantage over third place I think the cool racing pair are safe in the lead it's a question of which one is going to be able to get to the end of the race in front conditions improving all the time visibility finally becoming visibility oh twitch there down into turn one from matt bell so what he's gained in the previous lap i think he's just uh, lost out on meanwhile a moment or two ago the colin
2: noble driven nielsen car with a big spin between turns two and three Coy did well to get it pointing in the right direction very quickly, find first gear and carry on as if nothing happened, but that's how easy your race can turn. Again, just a bit too much of that wet curbing on the exit of turn two, and the Scotsman was going for a ride, not really knowing where he was going to end up, but it's all about kind of keeping your bearings, hopefully you don't hit anything solid, and rejoining as quickly as possible.
0: I really think the move that's gonna come from Matt Bell surely is just traffic dependent, what they catch where, because seen in the straight battle he's able to catch Edward Car Edward Edward is being very, very capable indeed about defending his lead in this race, but he's getting increasingly desperate when they come up to tail enders. He has to let them know that he's there, that they can see him and he's gonna Give it, they're going to give him space, but any little chink in the armor of Matt Bell in second place in the 69 Cool Racing, uh, Ligier is going to exploit it.
2: Generally, some relaxed expressions down at Cool Racing, enjoying the action at the sharp end, and I'm sure there, there are some quiet instructions whispered into both the ears of Edward Cohope and Matt Bell to say, you're free to race, just don't take unnecessary risk, and bear in mind, what a great position we're both in here. First and second, another squirm and a slide from Edouard where whereas Matt Bell was slightly more controlled through Galabin. Into Virage du Lac, Virage du to come next. And Matt Bell, I'm sure, had this been, for instance, the Graf car that he was chasing, a United Sports machine, MV2S, Matt Bell would have hurled one up on the inside there. At turn 14. So they've adjusted their driving styles accordingly. But nevertheless, Matt Bell and Maurice Smith are desperate for a race. Victory. Again, Matt Bell turning in and the car, the rear just snaps away. It says, no, I don't think so. Not at this speed with this lack of traction. And it has to be fleet-of-foot to address the line into one red ferrari ahead of white and black ferrari still the same order therefore between david Perrell and nicholas nielsen second and third in gt3 with julian Anlau, the young frenchman still leading in the porsche was this a moment for julian no it was the car behind with a sideways uh, flick and then the three car has to straight line also for 24 united all sports andy merrick backwards into the tyres so he's missed the tyres but he has lost a huge amount of time from uh, and the position force, and the yeah. position
0: I was just looking at the screens while you were talking there Johnny and Ooh. Fabian Laverne who's been going very well with Dino Lunardi hunting him down <laughs> now have uh, Andy Merrick between them so a little bit of frustration there still frustration for the driver in second place Matt Bell he's able to pretty much get right onto the tail of the race leader his own teammate Edward Cowhat but they've got traffic in front of them this could be the moment for Bell he's got to as they go between scene and uh, Double Dwight make a move and he's done it and in fact Edward has has now been spooked by that has run a little bit wide couldn't turn into the corner and is about a second in arrears so for Cool Racing maybe they can actually relax because one would expect Matt Bell to be able to pull away a little bit they didn't have to wait and see a lunge up uh, a dangerous dive up the inside it was all there he had better speed into the corner and decided well now is the moment and that was good actually to go straight down to Cool
2: Racing for some reaction. Some of the young lads who are obviously on the Spanners this weekend know which is their car. And there was a wry smile, I think, from the guy in the middle who was secretly backing Matt Bell in the 69. My car's in front. Excellent. And we did it without any contact as well. Yeah, Coho getting on the wet stuff off the racing line. The car actually just understeering wide at turn nine. No real harm done. They are over half a minute ahead of Matthias Kaiser, so it would take an awful lot for them not to get a 1-2. And actually the faster car now in front, which is the safer position to be in, I would say. Still plenty of traffic, though, for Matt Bell and then Adolf to negotiate. Is that one of the CD Sport cars next on the list? Turning right, it's the number six, I think. of oh, Jack Wolf and this car was the exception to the rule it like a five, there no, it is a six of Jack Wolf Ooh, Matt Bell got very close to the back of Wolf's machine there the, the exception to the rule because uh, the six started with the silver rated um, Joffrey Donada you may remember and Jack Wolf
0: took it over at half distance well Joffrey was making great progress he was one of the drivers we really enjoyed watching in the first stage of the race but uh, what you could see Oh, we've got a car in the pits that's uh, not planned car number 27 yeah. at the standstill that's Fabian laverne who just got up into fourth place but he's serving that second pit stop is that right johnny yes 20, it is into the final 20 minutes that's right
2: so, yeah, we're literally seconds into the final 20 minutes and yeah there is another stop to come for all of the lmp3s and this has been instigated to make sure we're okay on fuel and very thirsty at nissan engine for this year the new LMP3 era, brand new cars, brand new engine as well. And yes, every single LMP3 car has to now stop for a second time during the last 20 minutes. But it's a 40 second stop. Yeah, from 1950s. So That's right. It just enables everybody to uh, jettison a little bit of fuel into the tank and uh, gives that insurance policy so that we don't have cars running out
0: of fuel on the penultimate lap, the final lap fastest driver on the circuit as he has been pretty much the last 15 minutes Dino Lunardi hunting down Andy Merrick of course Merrick had the, that little rotation for United Autosports got going again but he's only two seconds to the good he's holding on to that fourth place but Lunardi for motorsport 98 black with a bright orange trim going supremely well track continues to dry out but drivers continue to have their moments on the circuit and near the circuit the number 77 Ferrari being sent into a spin that's Matt Griffin Double timing this weekend, you' be too impressed with tour he had the corner and was given a bit of a, bit of a love tap. And when you are at that angle at Turn 14,
2: it's then really tricky to know when it's safe to return as <laughs> Steve <laughs> used
3: earlier
2: in the year. So you're entirely reliant on the marshals down at 14, giving you the, the signal and reliant on anybody next to, through that bit of the track to be watching four yellow flags. Especially in wet weather conditions, you've got to be slow enough to react to anybody who might be spinning, and there's another one there. Turn three, that's the 10 car that was started by Rob Hodes, and now has Garrett Grist, young Canadian driver,
0: at the wheel. Grist, of course, having totally different experience, because Hodes did did his entire stint on on dry weather tyres. That's right. Stayed out late, 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 and uh, finally handed over to Grist, and they said, tyres with grooves. Yes, please.
2: Yeah, it's a novelty, but uh, they're always better, generally speaking, in the wet weather. Somebody else going for a slip and a slide, perhaps not the other Nielsen car, but understeering wide is the MV2S machine of Christoph Cresp, who is back in that back car, is that right? I trying not remember, he certainly started it. And Fabian Laverne we had, didn't we? Yeah. And now is Christoph Cresp? goes back in now i think they did that driver change during the shorter stop it must have done
0: because it was the burn in it two minutes ago so which
2: now according to my understanding of the regulations that's not permitted it is fuel only for 40 seconds into out and no room for a a little
0: tweak of strategy could be wrong on that it could it could be something as simple as uh, having knocked the driver identification button I don't really see why they would have chosen to do
2: that because Cresp is the bronze and therefore slower than Fabian Laverne. so yes, that shout
0: about driver ID
2: could well be valid
0: Andy Merrick hanging on to fourth place Dino Lunardi all over his tail and Merrick yet another person to add his name to the list we saw David Perel a few laps ago getting it wild and hairy and sideways out of scene and then Andy Merrick using all his years of experience to catch his moment but he is the hunted and the hunter is definitely Dino Lunardi they're lapping appreciably quicker than the majority ahead of them, actually I think we ought to be a big up Matthias Kaiser, he's been chipping away to try and see what he can do about Matt Bell but took best part of two seconds out of the race leader in the last lap he's been hunting, hunting But oh, now Lunardi into the pits gets off the tail of Andy Merrick the driver he hunted down into to make that final pit stop, just over a quarter of an hour remaining in this two hour race for the Michelin in the Cup, but uh, you try making a highlights tape out of this because everyone <laughs> has had a, a moment of, of embarrassment at some point because the track conditions have been horrendous. They have. Very difficult to read,
2: indeed. And only Hancock, a, a, an experienced racer, um, in all sorts of different machinery. And yet, that car, in the rear, stepping out. And he had little choice but to take to the escape route at Turn 1. Race leaders Matt Bell, 48 laps now completed. will be well over the 50 mark when this one's finished. This car still has to make a second stop. It's got two pit stops to its name. Well, that was the first one was just a regular tyre stop. that no, doesn't count to either of the mandatory ones. Then it did a 2.32, so 152 seconds. That's well within the envelope. And the uh, uh, insurance policy, I li- uh, if you like. And now they'll have to do the shortened stop to just blast the, the tank full of fuel, or partially full of fuel, before they can continue on. But it's looking very good for... 69 machine, and uh, speaking of that extra pit stop, it's going to be taken now.
0: Yeah, weather conditions gradually improving. But if someone just happened to look at a screen, they go, Gosh, it's wet out there. So it's uh, improving from a very, very uh, wet middle sector to this race. We had the cars all starting on, s- on slick tyres, but uh, it was clear before the first regular pit stop had to be served the mandatory one that uh, drivers are going to have to change onto treaded tyres. A lot of them managed to do it under full course yellow. And uh, don't forget uh, uh, Rory Pentanen, who drove so well to lead the race. Unfortunately for him, he came in just after the full course, or as the full course yellow was being cleared. So unfortunately for that team, it's uh, somewhat further down the order than they deserved. Cool Racing race leader going again.
2: Matthias Kaiser not pitting yet for its third and final stop. Second of the mandatory ones. Edward Coho has been in and out. And how's that for Matt Bell and Cahop for that matter but Matt Bell 41 seconds it needs to be 40 bang on the money and even got a little bit of insurance in there as well 43 seconds for Edouard Cahope and they're now going to be separated by
0: 7.2 seconds it looks like Bell to Edouard well those are good laps from Bell before, before the pit stop yes. really, having made the move track condition just bit by bit getting better but you know when your confidence has been you know, it's rather hampered by how wet it was. Sometimes you, you take a bit of convincing that it really, really is improving. And again, if you're running behind another car that's putting up a lot of spray, you can't see how much it's improving by. But Matt Bell, that experience, working really well. So, the car that Rory and led the race first half of the race in is still leading now in the hands of Matthias Kaiser. Been going very well, but the two cars that had been in front of him have served their final pit stop. He has yet to do so. And with the clock counting down to just 13 minutes precisely, towards the end of the two hours um, it's going to be surely a one two for cool racing and graf in third place matthias kaiser great run but too much of a deficit simply unfairly for that pairing they didn't get the timing of their pit stop right under full course yellow and i would say that pretty much is their, their deficit in this race
2: yeah it's tough i suppose when it does uh, unravel a little bit that way but um there's only so much you can do to counteract that in your pre-race plans 12.5 minutes to go, still frustratingly for Nicholas Nielsen staring at the back of David Perel's Ferrari, finding no real concrete opportunity to get through. There are times when that elastic band gets very short indeed between the two 488s, and then David Perel kind of can cope with it. So uh, the Nicholas Nielsen car can certainly live with Perel's pace and better it at times but he needs to
0: get that good opportunity into one of the slow speed corners but they're over 1 minute 20 seconds down on the class oh leading yeah. Porsche Julian andlow doing a great job they're having a fab battle but uh, for the TFT team it's, it's really really exciting times and for Julian Andlau, it's going to be a long final 10 minutes but I think the advantage is big enough that he could be confident
2: and Matthias Kaiser continues to lead, we're heading towards the final ten minutes of this uh, race with Matt Bell doing the chasing, Matthias Kaiser's car does have to pit though for its final stop as we can head down to TFT to see how nerves are there for Lloyd Wheeler.
1: By Nicholas Leutweiler, Viala, driver of car number two, currently in the lead in GT3. Now, your last um, last time you were here at uh, Le Castellet, you had a bit of a technical problem and you did not finish. However, this time you're currently in the lead, having a great run uh, out there. I mean, what do you put that down to?
5: I didn't quite get the question at the very end.
1: Uh, so you're, you're in the lead. I mean, what can you put this down to? You're really managing conditions well out here.
5: Yeah, uh, um, first of all I have to say I'm very happy that we're in the lead, given what happened to us last time, and uh, why are we in the lead? Because we very much prepared for this race with the rain and everything, we we knew it's going to come, and, uh, and we put uh, um, basically everything onto the setup of uh, a rain car, and that's what's helping us to stay in front, hopefully.
1: And that's what's making the difference in front of the Ferraris. And that's what's making the difference in ahead of, you're currently ahead of the Ferraris. Yeah, it it looks like looks
5: like we're uh, roughly about the second faster in the rain and uh, I think that's the result of all the work that we put in so very happy with that and uh, second and third place they're fighting so they're losing a little bit of time obviously with this as well very good
2: chatting to Hayley Edmonds down in the pits and some yeah some interesting comments there from Nikki. Um, I mean, when he hands the car over to Julian Anlau, what a safe pair of hands that is as well still a a young kid, but a Porsche specialist and loves the conditions regardless of really what's... uh what appears from the sky next, and it's been tricky to judge that through the course of this two-hour race, but you just get the feeling that young Julian can cope with it. Nicky Villa set the foundation, I said that earlier on, he had a sticky patch at the start, which put him right at the back of the GT3s, but then he just picked them off uh, one by one, those Ferraris, and they were helped, no doubt, about with, with the additional time that the championship leaders had to soak up as part of the, their pit stop handicap time. Nine minutes to go, and more messages appearing at the bottom of our screen, I notice, for car 27. There's a two-second stop-and-go penalty for not respecting the minimum pit stop time. That'll be the 150-second pit stop. They were short by two seconds, and the rule is you've got to come in and serve that time that you should have done first time around in the form of a stop go so it's much more costly than if they'd just taken the two seconds along with it all the
0: other ones during the pit stop there yeah. we are yeah it throws the the pit in the pit length, length the pit lane and the pit out into the equation so uh, a big big costly error Just looking at the gap between first and second, 10.4 seconds. So since that final pit stop, Matt Bell able to stretch the advantage in the lead of the race over his cool racing teammate, Edward Kohope, who's uh, really, really impressing here. But uh, you have to say that extra experience, a decade or so more experience from Matt Bell and uh, putting it to very, very good use indeed. Andy Merrick now in third place, but slows us that final pit stop. He stayed out longer than his rivals. Matthias Kaiser... Um, who was fleetingly leading this race, but he will be heading for third place. He's serving that final pit stop right now He's had a really good uh, final stint in this race But uh, unfortunately no way he could make up the deficit that uh, simply came by dint of the fact that Rory Pentonen who started this car had, To my mind either just didn't react quickly enough when they went to full-course yellow or had just parked pit in I think it might have been the former Yes, by, by a, a tiny, tiny margin. No, but I remember you saying that at the time,
2: and, uh, yeah, it's had a significant um, a narrative on the race as a result of that, but it may just have been that he wasn't in the right place at the right time. Sometimes when a full-course yellow hits, you've already passed the pit, and you've, you're then locked in to five-and-a-bit kilometers at just 80 kph. Mightily frustrating. It's also going to be a drive-through penalty for... Car five after contact with the Ferrari of Matt Griffin, wasn't it? Yeah, just remembering that incident now. CD Sports uh, Nick Adcock, I'm sure it was Nick driving at the time, could well have been. Uh, if not, it was uh, Michael Jensen. Those two uh, coming to blows, and that was judged to be the f- number five's fault. Still an awful lot of standing water out there, and a hint of conditions improving may have gone again now. Tricky to pick out the race. Uh, not quite the race leader second place car of Edouard cohope 10 seconds now adrift of
0: Matt Bell who leads on this 53rd lap of the race Well, Matt will be uh, paying Clear attention to the countdown to the end of the race as you say just over six minutes remaining The gap is slightly coming down. He can afford with that buffer of 10 seconds or so just be a little bit cautious it's still tricky out there the cars fighting over second place in the gt class both just having twitches nicholas nielsen in third place trying to catch david perel we've seen perel already trying to show us all his car sponsors by putting the tail sideways out of uh, scene got it together somehow but it's still really really tricky conditions out there still a lot of spray look to the mountain in the background in fact a while ago the visibility was clearer so we actually have got another rain shower coming in so really really hard for this battling duo over the line they go
2: five and a half minutes left on the clock and the team that arrived at le castellet for the second time this year uh as the championship leaders will be up against it a little bit and that's because of that 21 extra seconds that Rino Mastronardi and Nicholas Nielsen had to take into account. They had 52 points, thought they'd got pole earlier on today, but that was taken away from them after the session because of a rear diffuser inf- uh, infringement. And now off the track for Rinaldi Racing, car 55. This is the car that was started by Alex Matchell, now has Daniel Kylewitz at the wheel of that.
0: Well, to be honest, the condition's so, so tricky at the moment. I'm surprised we haven't had more spinners in recent laps, but... uh, Gala Band corner. Unusual to have a
2: car go off to the left-hand side there, but that's purely because of the conditions, and I don't think made contact with the barrier. So there's a little bit of almost a gravel trap there, which did very well in arresting the speed of the 55 car as it headed towards the scenery.
0: Yellow flags at Turn 12 for that very reason. You know, I just said a, a few moments ago, it looks like there's more rain arriving. I think it's actually just starting to make a real difference. Visibility down the, down the Mistral Strait has fallen away enormously in the past few minutes. So while we're sitting in, a, in the dry in a commentary position, anybody out there is getting really, really wet now. And just as the visibility was coming back, it has plummeted so for the race leader matt bell his advantage was 10 seconds was nine It's now 7.7 seconds we've only got just under four minutes remaining david perel trying to hang on to that second place or the best of the ferraris in the gt class but how many twitches is he going to have to save he's saved a many and there's another one right now and again galaban the corner we've just seen daniel karlwitz going off clearly has got a new river running around yeah. the outside and julian Anlau, what happened to him coming out of turn
2: Uh, where's that at the early part of the lap isn't it out of turn two in the short sharp uh, run towards three four and five but again well controlled by the young frenchman this is amazing car control from all three really in the gt3 we're we're focusing in on these guys let's not forget as well andrea Beliki, matt griffin and ollie hancock too I know GT cars are the more favorable of our two categories in the wet weather because they have superior mechanical grip, but these guys are sort of four-wheel drifting it now around the track, just desperately, for, desperate for this thing to be over as now Nicholas Nielsen. Takes to the runoff road
0: between one and two. Well, but the pace of the front runners, Matt Bell and Edward Kuhope, uh, just dropped by eight seconds on that lap. That, that is just how much conditions have worsened. And another spinner just coming back, 27 there, tumbling down the orbit. That's Christoph Kresp already under investigation. But in fact, they owed us the drive through penalty, didn't they, for the, the pit stop time infringement. And now that worst thing, stuck on the curbs, don't know whether to go forwards or back two and a half minutes remaining <laughs> how much more incident can we have in this race but the important news for Matt Bell he's leading by nine seconds Just put a bit more of that buffer back over his teammate young Edouard Kohup I think actually the MV2S car has been in again
2: hasn't it after they that was a genuine switch from Fabian Laverne to Christophe Kresp who's now struggling to get the car back in the race because when the driving change happened that was a pit stop of about a minute they've been in again to do a 40- Eight forty. oh did you get the right line 27's done a 46 second stop which is fine for your fuel stop so nothing to say you can't stop four times as is the case for that machine
0: or three times well andy merrick's had a spin as well so dear, he's just served yeah. the final pit stop they were very late in doing that but uh hands that up. Had a turn two as well
2: we are nearing the end of this one folks uh a minute and 40 seconds left on the clock that's much less than a lap
0: time. One, um, one spin is 360, two is 720, and for Merrick it was a, a, a 1080. Wow, that takes <laughs> some doing. Uh, yeah,
2: and uh, he'd be incredibly dizzy after that, making sure that he was vaguely pointing to the right there. Is this the direction of travel around the circuit? Oh, yes. Onward we go. Right, so Matt Bell's now heading through Garlaban. He'll cross the line with well over probably a minute left, so there'll be one more lap, and this will be 55 laps completed, turning it into a 56 lap race. And keen for more is the man from the northeast of England. He is 11 seconds clear of Edward Kochop, his teammate at Cool Racing. Matthias Kaiser, solid in third. Good points for Graf. It'll be 15 for the French squad, assuming they make the finish. Dino Lunardi for Motorsport 98 on course for 12 points with his fourth place finish. Very gingerly through turn two goes Matt Bell. He can afford to apply the power slightly more readily now on his run towards three, four and five. There are a couple of GT cars up ahead. That's actually the battle of the second position, just out of shot. But in the near vicinity, David Perrell and Nicholas Nielsen still duking it out, separated by a second and a bit. But for the final time, out of six goes Matt Bell through the kink at seven, the left-hander that takes him onto the Mistral straight. And maybe now Niki Lort-Villa can start to relax because looking very likely that it'll be a win for the first time this season
5: for
0: the Porsche from TFT Racing. And they'll have to be really, really chuffed with that. Not only did they not finish their one previous outing, but they haven't just won this. They've, They've got about a minute over the best of the rest. Yes, they haven't been in the scrap, but they worked their way into that position. They got into the lead of the class and uh, for julian Andlauer, great to have this young gun alongside him but i don't think you can underestimate what a great job julian did in that opening stint of the race whatever happened on the first lap made them do the fight back and did it supremely well conditions though they've got worse and worse so right now it really is tiptoeing around the circuit two yep. minutes 18 for the last lap for our race leader doesn't matter the buffer is now 12 and a half seconds this is the final lap no more mistakes Well, uh, uh, Matt Bell will have everything
2: crossed that he doesn't catch an errant bit of standing water that he's not spotted to this point, but, I mean, taking absolutely no risks here. We've already seen big wiggles at uh, Garlevan in both P3 and the GT3, so he's reined back the speed to ensure this will be a... Neat and tidy lap into Virage du Lac, Virage du Pont. And this has been a challenge from start to finish, really. A matter of survival in the early stages in the dry, very much the case in the wet. And it is going to be certainly a win for Cool Racing, most likely a one-two. There is that Swiss team's reaction. And Matt Bell taking victory with his teammate who did a stellar job, Maurice Smith, kept things out of trouble in the opening stages. Second place will go to Nicola Molini and Edward Kohop, who was put into the car for the second stint, and the young man uh, really excelling there. Limited experience in the wet. Cool racing can't quite believe that. They have been put through the mill and calling their cars through every single sector as it got late on. Sadly, their paint jobs don't look quite as good as well, these cars started their race. Same can be said for TFT and Julian Anlauer with a big squirm and a slide as well at Garleman. It's never over till it's quite over. I think all is in hand for Julian Anlauer who takes to the natural racing line at Virage du Lac. That's aptly named, isn't it, in these conditions. Uh, at Virage du Pont, the final corner. And now across the line to take victory for. PZ, Obera, Zurich say by TFT, their Porsche 911 GT3 are victorious. Nikki Leutwiler and Julian Andlauer, congratulations to the two of them. Missed out Graf, who will complete the podium in LMP3 with their 26 machine. The uh, the Matthias
0: 26 car of Matthias uh, Kaiser and Rory Pentinen just a moment car number 98 was coming around in third position Dino Lunardi has tumbled down to sixth i think he's gone off on the final lap because suddenly Kaiser was fourth i was thinking what a shame they lost the podium i'll check that out for you 98 can't find him on the circuit yeah he's only got through the first and second timing sectors yeah and he's now pushing the car
2: down the start finish straight to make sure it gets across the line that is heroic stuff And he's so desperate to get a race finish, so Dino Lunardi out of the car and literally pushing from the rear wing his car across the line. He's lost out on sixth. Colin Noble's just seen the chequered flag, but everybody else is a lap behind, so Lunardi should get a finish. Well, the car, I don't know what the rule is, actually. Has the car got to be under its own steam? We've seen this at
0: Le Mans in the past many times. It's marginally uphill as well. just yeah, to, uh, and, and that was one of the drivers of the race Dino Lunardi, who's picking up all the drivers in front of him and uh, so sad, got up to third place, starting the final lap. And I think he's... Has he just been told by a marshal that he
2: can't continue or maybe physically he can't continue? The checkered flag's further up the way. And talk about a dejected gate there from Dino Lunardi... He is being told to stand in a safe position, wants to desperately finish the race, but it ain't gonna happen. And that car being shown has stopped on circuit. So what happened to the 98 car? He was off track. Oh, did he run into the back of a spinning... What was that? The...
0: Was it a CD Sport car? It CD yeah, sport it car? was,
2: the five car. Yeah, good good shout, Bruce. Five car of Nick Adcock. Nick Adcock. So that sort of spun out of turn seven, and I just wonder whether Dino had little choice but to make contact with it, strange that that should make the car cut out, if indeed it did and uh, that's halfway around the final lap but then the problem only set in when he was exiting the final corner so dramatic end to this race, up and down the order and he didn't get to the line so yeah, uh, sadly Alcamel have removed him from the results now, that's horrendous isn't it, but rules is rules and Dino and gave you absolutely everything um, Matt Bell a big hug with Maurice Smith. They are ecstatic, as you would understand, for Ligier it is at the sharp end of this result with the sister car from Cool Racing, Edward Kohop and Nicola Malini finishing second. Third position for Matthias Kaiser and Rory Pentonen and fourth place for the United Autosports entry of Daniel Schneider and Andy Merrick, despite a late spin for Merrick himself. Porsche home as the race winner. The two Ferraris in tow didn't change position. It kind of threatened to throughout that, but David Perel for Kessel, benefiting from a much shorter pit stop. Um, It was 154 seconds, wasn't it, for the number 74 Ferrari rather than the extended stop of 171 seconds for the Iron Lynx Ferrari of Rino Mastronardi and Nicholas Nielsen. Big grin behind the helmet for Julian Adlauer and congratulations offered of course by Nicky Lloyd Here he is, the star kid and equal-youngest guy at Le Mans two years ago, was it, with Phil Hansen. Born on the same day, both Phil and Julian Anlauer. And we never kind of really was, were in doubt about uh, the talents of the young Frenchman, but Nikki Leutwiler needed to put that Porsche in the right place prior to him taking over. Very, very different conditions greeted us at 2 o'clock this afternoon to get the Michelin Le Mans Cup on the way. And Yuri Wagner made an error. He was done for a jump start, jinking out of line and being on well off the track in the runoff area. But also crucially, the car that would finish second ultimately also pinged for a jump start. Nicola Molini was ahead of Rory Pentadon when he should have been just behind and in second place on the grid. The highlights came thick and fast through the opening half an hour. And initially there was a leading quartet of cars breaking away from the rest of the field. GT3 was very close as well up until the uh, mandatory pit stop. Just the one pit stop, of course, for the GT3 cars. A clash between Jean-Gloria and Moritz Krantz early on resulted in a spin then for Krantz, and he would be recovering from that uh, for the next, well, for a remainder of his stint, pretty much. Niki Leutwiler battling hard with Michel Broniszewski. This was the moment the Porsche... Got ahead. Now that wasn't for the race lead at the time. The Porsche had tumbled down to the rear of the GT3 pack, and it took Loic Villard a fair while to cleanly overtake a number of cars and put it in the box seat. We reckon no contact for Jean Gloria and Stefan Adler. That was just a spin of the Belgian's own making. He was offering some sort of wry explanations at half distance, not his best stint I think he admitted, but uh, it would come good when he handed the car over for Laurence Hoer, who eventually got home in fifth position off track as well for Steve Parrow in the 66 Rinaldi racing car two cool racing machines, this was the moment Matt Bell was able to get ahead of Edouard Cohope. Cohope caught out in the standing water to the outside of the double droite and the car understeering Very, very wide indeed. This was Merrick spinning once, twice, and three times and eventually coming to a halt. But he will have been very, very dizzy after that. And Matt Bell eventually bringing the sodden 69 car across the line to be the first of four Ligiers. Cool Racing, Cool Racing, Graf and United Autosports. And we're also hearing about Maurice Smith uh, having achieved something very special more on that in a second let's get some reaction from the two winners
1: I'm joined here by the winner of the LMP3 category Matt Bell from Cool Racing car number 69 what a fantastic run out there and of course you've got your first win of the season here at the Michelin Amon Cup how do you feel
0: Uh, Absolutely ecstatic. What an amazing race. What an amazing performance from the team. It's not just a win, but it's a P1-2. It feels like making up for that first race when Mo almost won that one and got the puncture cruelly with two laps to go. So that's all I was thinking of in the last few laps. No mistakes. Stay away from all the debris. Stay away from all the curbs. Uh, The conditions were really, really tough, uh, especially towards the end there when the rain came down again. So it was just no mistakes. Bring her home. Um... Mo handed the car over to me in a great place so I could go out and attack and and try and get the win. And that, that laid the foundations, and yeah, I was able to bring it home. So I'm so happy. I'm so happy for the team. It's a great day. Yeah.
1: Morris, congratulations. Thank you very much.
0: So we don't
1: get to hear
2: from Maurice Smith but he is the first American driver to win since 2017 I'm told uh, that was John Fow and Sean Rahal in the Road to Le Mans event yeah I remember that at Le Mans itself so uh, Maurice Smith the first American driver in 3 seasons and also the first Porsche win in about the same amount of time eb motors uh, took victory twice in 2017 and that's the first time we see a porsche in 11th place overall as well take victory in gt3 ahead of the 74 kessel racing ferrari and the iron links championship leaders be interesting to see the latest positions in the championship actually and whether that has spiced things up that's kind of the idea of the pit stop handicap time great to hear from uh, A very excited Matt Bell. Great day, not particularly weather-wise, but it'll live long in the memory of Cool Racing, certainly, with a one-two finish. And Mo, as he calls him, Morris Smith, and Matt Bell, his teammate, heading to a very special podium. This has been the run of things all season, actually, amidst COVID-19. Just room for the individual class winners in a much more deliberately spaced out podium, although great to have a, a, a team representative there as well. Same is going to be the case for TFT. So, Lloyd Leutwiler and Julian Anlauer step forward now to their positions at a suitable social distance, two meters away from those from Cool Racing and mutual applause from both teams. That's also great to see. Some smarts Le Castellet 120 trophies now held aloft for the photographs that you'll be seeing, forthcoming publications and on websites around the world. That is the first race ACO-wise of two today. Le Castellet 120 and the Le Castellet 240 to come later on today, which will be a 6:30 start. We're about uh, just over two, hour- two hours away from ELMS round three, but that was the Michelin Le Mans Cup. Next up for these guys, a double header during Le Mans week over the weekend of the 19th and 20th of September. We've got a a midweek race, as we always typically do, over 55 minutes, and then the Saturday morning race as well for the road to Le Mans, which will form rounds four and five of the Michelin Le Mans Cup. If Matt Bell's car wasn't wet enough already, he's just poured, poured basically a full bottle of champagne over its roof as well he's left some though to glug just just off camera as we head back to haley Edmonds, because we've heard from the lmp3 winners here are the winners of gt3 i'm
1: joined i'm joined here by the winners of the gt3 category car number two tft nicola luttweiler and Julien andelauer so Nicola, we were just having a chat saying the last time you were here, unfortunately you didn't have the result you would have wanted, but you take, got your revenge, you've taken the top spot of the podium, how does it feel?
5: It feels fantastic, no doubt about that, and it feels really great because it was an extremely difficult moment five weeks ago when we were here first. Because it was a technical uh, problem, which we didn't expect. No one expects technical problems. But, but we had to go as we came, just with no result, nothing. And that was the start to a season with already on the back foot. And now coming back so strong, thanks to Julien, he drove uh, beautifully, masterly. So, and the team, TFT, just did a very good job in preparing the car for those conditions.
1: Thank you very much.
5: Nikki uh, Niki the man from Freiburg in Switzerland.
2: He's a former uh, GT4 European champion with TFT and now maybe working his way into contention with Julian Anlauer uh, to be a top three finisher perhaps in this championship. It's tough when you don't have such a good result in the opening round. There are so few races uh, in the Le Mans Cup. Half points on offer at Le Mans for each of the 55-minute races in and around the 24 hours of Le Mans. But what it does provide is the ability to drive Circuit de la all eight and a half miles of it, and uh, two separate occasions to do that in the road to Le Mans. And the target is, of course, to get drivers that have debuted in this particular championship into the 24 hours one day. So much going on, plenty of contact. We never really liked to see that, but then there were spins galore as well. Thankfully, not damaging too many race cars, And therefore, we should see most of these out next month for the 24 Hours of Le Mans support races. Thanks so much to Hayley Edmonds, working incredibly hard in difficult conditions down in the pit lane to bring us all the news and the driver interviews. My thanks to Bruce Jones as well. From Johnny Palmer, we pack things away as far as the two-hour races are concerned in the Michelin Le Mans cut. The shortened ones at Le Mans come next and then trips to Italy and Portugal to end the year. We'll see you very soon. Bye for now.
0: This programme is a Radio Show
3: Limited production.
1: Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.